Hello, all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, taped live at the Twitch and available on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, and it's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to meet the Muppets on WWE Raw tonight. Yeah, okay. I've, I've done the music jokes before. Might as well you. Might as well you get a turn, Adam. Yeah, it's my fucking turn, bitch. Yeah, you may be a. You may be. I. You may be. I may be a knockout to wrestling, but I'm not a knockout to the Muppets. I'm afraid I'm a noob at the Muppets. So. Oh, I'm so ready. But yes, you don't even to, know. Today we are doing a special Halloween themed episode <laughs> of of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast as we watch. As we return to 2011, it, it's kind of wild how I, uh, 2011 is like our most, our most seen, our most like done ep era in, in a magical of this year. podcast. Yeah, it's clearly uh, 2011, where Monday Night Raw aired on October 31st. And for some reason, I couldn't tell you why, WWE was like, you know what we're going to do for Halloween this year? We're going to have the literal fucking Muppets guest star. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. They, David would know more than me what it what they would have been at what why the Muppets would have been relevant in 2011. Do you do you have a do you have like a catch up to where we are in the era at this point? Oh, yes, but first let's I would like to get the Muppets factor. Wait. So, oh shit, you predicted this. I had a whole Uno reverse card ready and everything. You can't see it super well. Oh, now I see. I had, it. Damn it! I had a whole. I, I was. I didn't think you would think I had prepared notes for this. Damn it! Okay, I fine. Actually, okay. To be fair, I didn't think that you would prepare notes. I thought you just know. I mean, I knew, but I I knew vaguely, but I wanted to like get the whole like make sure I had all my factoids correct. Sure, sure. Whole... So, so to okay, but to make sure that we that we alienate our viewers as soon as possible, let's go <laughs> start with the Muppets. We're gonna start Actually. with the Muppets. All right, baby. I've wrote I've written up a whole thing for this. So, um, pardon David switching from his conversational voice to his reading voice. <clears throat> The Muppets, as if anyone doesn't know, is a media franchise revolving around a cast of puppets who market themselves as especially chaotic uh, modern vaudeville entertainers. The brainchild of Jim Wholesome Content, except for that time he cheated on his wife Henson, the Muppets started <laughs> off in 1955 with a short puppet skit show called Sam and Friends that Jim and his future wife, Jane Neville, would perform for their local college town TV station. The show was a surprising success, cementing early on Jim's penchant for out-of-the-box approaches to entertainment media and his unbashedly silly uh, sense of humor. Henson's star rapidly began to rise, uh, having his Muppets signed on for commercials, TV specials, talk show appearances, and a brief and infamous, uh, brief and infamous stint on the first season of Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live, and of course, two of the most famous television shows ever to grace the airwaves, Sesame Street and The Muppet Show. The Muppets have been a household name since the 60s, and the Henson Company has gone on to be at the forefront of countless creative projects, big and small, famous and obscure. Now, that famous and obscure part is important, because Henson, and by extension, the properties tied to him, always had a, shall we say, complicated relationship uh, with the mainstream of culture. The Muppets received ubiquitous fame almost in spite of Henson, whose creative ambitions were far more avant-garde than his well-known, accessible, family-friendly fare might suggest. The Muppets were the way Henson paid the bills, and make no mistake, he had a deep love for them and found plenty of creative fulfillment in them. Uh, but it sometimes seems as though he saw his success with the Muppets as a springboard into other, bigger passion projects. 
they weren't secondary for him, the Muppets, but it seems like he found it increasingly easy to pick them up and put them back down creatively. Uh, in the 1980s, Henson shifted his focus much more to Muppet-adjacent and other puppet-based ventures, and in the late 80s started negotiations for an acquisition of the Muppets by the Walt Disney Company. Said negotiations were infamously cut short by Henson's untimely death in 1990, though Disney held licensing rights for the Muppets until their and the mouse the said that doesn't and the mouse said that won't stop us. Oh well, yeah. Th well, that, that's the funny part is is the mouse tried to fucking continue negotiations after Henson's death, and the of Henson family was like, did. yeah, and Henson the Henson family was like, bro, what the fuck? Read the room. Um, so they kind of stopped negotiations. And Disney Muppets said, we don't need to read the room. We have money. Yeah, true. True. Eisner was no, like. Actually, I, no, actually, no, would they have money? It's the 80s. Um, so this like, was, yeah, this was, uh, this was kind of middle of the Renaissance. 1990 was when Jim oh, okay. died. And that, okay. that, that was we're, like. We're, we're post Little Mermaid. Yeah, that's about five years into the Renaissance, I want to say. Mermaid was. Or wait, no, it was Mermaid? Mermaid was 89. 89? Like oh, then, yeah, then we're at the right start of the Renaissance. And Eisner is, you know, at the forefront of it all. And my and Eisner, of course, he has money. And he's like, how about I do anyway? Um, oh, but, yeah, no, I know. He's no, he's no, he's no Kratzenberg of being an a, a professional asshole. But you know. he's, he's up there. Uh, he's again, up there. Real funny that Bojack Horseman had its final season after its entire crew finally unionized. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, interesting. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure that had. I'm sure those aren't connected events at all. Not remotely. Michael Eisner loves laborers. Um, but they they did hold the licensing right for the Muppets partially because like Jim had already like worked on projects mm -hmm. in collaboration with the Muppets and Disney, and you know, just I imagine legal shenanigans kept those like licensing rights in disney's hands mm -hmm. to, so they could like you know have fucking muppet vision 3d in the parks and stuff um and then they fully acquired the muppets in 2004 which my mom loves to tell the story of apparently like when i was six years old my mom being my mom like it's the wall street journal um and like when the acquisition the full acquisition happened i like glanced over at her copy of the wall street journal and like saw that on the front page and i later like said to her like did you know that disney acquired the muppets uh <laughs> and my mom thought it was hilarious she's like she's like I, she's like i swear to god i don't tell my kid to read the new the the, the yeah the, uh the wall street journal he just saw disney and muppets and was like ooh. and as we would learn that would be the first step in the in the mouse's infinity gauntlet <laughs> oh no i don't want to think about that oh, i know i <laughs> Plops it in. <laughs> God. Uh, it's great for our audio-only people to just hear us make those noises. Um, but yeah, full acquisition in 2004 is is the real point here. Um, and kind of in the interim, Muppet-based media was uh, continued to be put out after Henson's passing. Um, and, you know, while, the, while there was a steady kind of stream of content, uh, there did start to be kind of a noticeable decline in quality and enthusiasm on the part of the distributors. Um, so fan favorites like the Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppets Treasure Island, which came out like pretty quickly after Henson's passing Muppet Christmas Carol being like the first Muppets movie ever done without Jim or Richard Hunt, who also tragically passed away way too young. Um, uh, but they, they gave way to, to such less well-regarded works as Muppets from Space, um, a short-lived kind of TV vaudeville revival called Muppets Tonight, um, kind of an updated take on the Muppet Show format um that would... wasn't muppets in space the one with hulk hogan in it yes wait yeah i forgot about that muppets in space has hulk hogan as a bodyguard who shows up for two seconds ah, okay 
and it probably would have been, I think, in the NWO era, because I'm pretty sure he has the Hollywood Hulk um uh look like, hair look, yeah. Let me let me look this up. Like at the very least, the beard. Um Hulk Hogan Muppets. Let me see this. Um Hulk Hogan Muppets. Mm, that would mm... yeah, yeah, he has 1999. That's so where that's 1999 that's the tail end of that run but he him. does he does have the hollywood hulk hair and he's in all black because he's a security guard and he you know he, he he says something about like i'm a heel now or something which i never got as a kid um uh yeah uh, insider he, jokes uh i mean to be fair that that is like half of the muppets humor is just like you mm -hmm. know throwing references at the wall because they can um, i wouldn't know that because I, as I don't, I've seen one episode of the Muppets show. Oh, I need to once, and then I've seen a Muppets Christmas Carol, and other than that, I've not, I I've not consciously watched any other thing from to the Muppets. culture. You, um, but yeah, they had their short-lived show Muppets Tonight. Kind of had middling uh, uh, reviews and reception, from what I gathered, um, and a slew of TV movies that range from the forgettable to the deeply disliked. <clears throat> Muppet Wizard of Oz. <clears throat> um, well, the Muppets how, were... How did they screw that up? Oh, deeply and horribly. I mean... That seems that seems so easy for the Muppets to get right. It, 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 it... Like, it wasn't the worst thing in existence, but for Muppets, it was pretty disappointing. Like, the humor was kind of, like... The humor was... Felt kind of cheap. Um, Ashanti was in the lead and didn't do, like... Was it Ashanti? I think it was Ashanti. Um... Let me, oh, fuck. God, now I'm looking up all this Muppet stuff. Um, Muppets, Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah, it was Ashanti in the lead, and, like, she wasn't the best actress. She, she did not make a great Dorothy. Mm -hmm. um, David Allen Greer and uh, Queen Latifah were, were Uncle Henry and Aunt Em, which I find very funny for both of them later being involved in, like, the Wiz Live later down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, um I'm always meant to watch the Wiz Live. It's it's probably the best of the the live musicals, in my humble opinion. Um, um, I, I, I was always I was a big fan of Grease Live, to be honest. So like Grease Live, I wasn't huge. The two that I really got down with again, God, Ellen and Aaron is even more. Were were Wiz Live and JCS Live? Those are my two. Um, I don't think I watched. I, wasn't JCS Live like a concert more than it was a production of the show? Well, it, but it's well, you have to understand when like Broadway people say concert, they mean like fully they mean like pretty much fully staged there's just like more visible like wires <laughs> basically okay. and in some contexts like the cast is allowed to have like scripts and scores in their hand but they didn't do that for jcs um, okay but it was it was basically it was basically just like because jcs is a rock concert anyways and it was fully staged and fully costumed and everything so it was basically a live music mm -hmm. um but anyway, anyway, um, back. Uh, back uh, to, oh, back wait, to you want to know how they screwed it up? A Quentin Tarantino, uh, Quentin Tarantino cameo. That's all you need to know for why this got weird. Why is Tarantino there? Um, because at one point, so Miss Piggy plays all of the witches, which is actually a pretty clever touch, and I'm surprised more people don't do that. Um, but Miss Piggy played all the witches, so at one point, Ashanti is facing down like Wicked Witch of the West, Miss Piggy, who's like a biker chick um okay and they they kind of start to have a cat fight and it cuts to fucking like quentin tarantino in a boardroom with kermit being like and then the girls pull out these two huge samurai swords and just start going to town and kermit's like what the fuck 
This is a, that was a not a great Kill Bill joke. Oh no! And best part, best part uh, about Muppets Wizard of Oz is like Statler and Waldorf, the two like old dudes who sit in the box and criticize everyone. I do had, know who Statler and Waldorf. Are. They were like the they had like these two like bridge troll roles in that movie, and for some reason that thing terrified me as a child and made me like deeply terrified of those two characters, along with like this one short on one of my Muppets DVDs where they did like a Godfather parody um where statler and waldorf got pied in the face and i was horrified about the visage that was left in my head from that uh so i was terrified of those characters for the longest time and now they're two of my favorites i'm literally wearing a statler and waldorf shirt right now um yeah so personal growth um but yes back to how where are the muppets in 2011 yeah uh so the muppets were getting a fair amount of airtime kind of from the 90s to the early aughts but their popularity was definitely on the downturn and the products they were pulling out weren't like the most refined things in the universe um as the last of their television fair of the aughts found its way to the airwaves however a comeback was slowly getting underway behind the scenes um so on november 23rd 2009 the muppets dropped a large batch of videos to their brand new youtube channel along the uh, among the many short films uploaded uh it was a music video cover of queen's bohemian rhapsody that really caught the internet's eye and went viral. I do currently, remember that video. Right? It's, I really it's a that. very good video. And it's currently sitting at almost 150 million views on YouTube. Um, it nice. is a very, very good video. All, all of the like kind of big ones of that era are somewhere in the millions. Um, but that was the biggest one. That was the one that got huge. And for good reason. It's a very good video. Audience, check it out. It's great. Uh, it's a fucking hilarious cover. It's like Muppets doing Bohemian Rhapsody. Exactly what you would expect just from how that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so while that was doing numbers, um, a new cinematic project was quietly in development for the chaotic ensemble over at Disney, headed by Nicholas Stoller and Jason Siegel. Uh, between 2008 and 2010, little details about the movie's development were continually public, uh, and after filming the movie in 2010, Disney engaged in a surprisingly enthusiastic marketing campaign for the film, uh, likely invigorated by the Muppets' recent viral success. It kind of came to pass that it was a spiritual revival of the Muppets, as it were, just called the Muppets, r- referred to um colloquially nowadays is muppets 2011 and kind of talks about the muppets gang getting back together uh, uh to stop an evil oil baron from fracking under their former studio um very fun movie great uh, it, it was yeah it was big um and disney was like actually really hype about promoting this um so uh jason siegel and Andy, a- amy adams to start they were the two stars uh two of the human stars in the movie along with chris cooper um, hosted a March 2011 CinemaCon panel. Uh, and then the big one, Kermit showed up to the May 2011 premiere of Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, wherein a romantic comedy parody trailer premiered for the movie. And I remember this trailer like so vividly when it came out because I, if I recall correctly, I want to say I recall this correctly, I saw Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, because I, I saw Pirates of the Caribbean 4 in theaters with two of my friends. Um, and that commercial came on. And it starts off like painting it as like this rom-com between Jason Siegel um, and uh, Amy Adams. And oh, it was, yeah. Was yeah. it not? Well, but like the, it, it doesn't give away for the first half of the trailer there are Muppets. Like it's just like two oh, people okay. searching for love. Um, and they kind of the do this whole thing. Like, like I forgot my anniversary date with Mary and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they, they start going through the leading roles. And they're like, Jason Siegel. Amy Adams, Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, and then it cuts to Jason Siegel being like, wait, 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 stop. 
are there Muppets in this movie? And that at that point, if I recall correctly, I just kind of like lost my shit. Um, they they really duded us with that. Um, so they Man. so like it had been kind of known among like people who knew the ins and outs of the industry that this was coming down the pipe. But for a kid like me who was a Muppetster but didn't you know like know to look up like you know Disney movie leaks or whatever, um, no idea this was a thing that was coming. And I was like, oh my fucking god! It was like a huge deal. And they did a whole bunch of other, like, parody trailers, too. Um, and I know they did one parodying, like, Twilight. They did one parodying, like, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Whole, whole bunch. Oh, I think, man. I think one parody Girl Green with the Dragon Lantern. Tattoo and Jason Siegel. This feels very 2011. Wait, yeah, wait. Let me let me find this list because it's freaking hysterical. Um, oh, the, the first trailer was called, it was for a fake movie called Green with Envy. And then it was like, oh, wait, no, it's Muppets. Ha ha. Um, uh let's see so we had um filming music release marketing uh so under the phone name green with envy additional spoof trailers parody the hangover part two called the fuzzy pack green lantern called being green the girl with the dragon tattoo called the pig with the froggy tattoo paranormal activity three called abnormal activity happy feet two called dancing on happy feet puss and boots called fuss and boots and the twilight saga breaking dawn part one called breaking Prawn. Uh, okay they, they went really hard on that campaign it got it kind of like hokey by the end but i thought it was fun um, okay okay uh um uh following this yeah it was a series of like-minded trailers a muppets tribute cover album um and a promotional partnership with the brooks brothers um next up was halloween 2011 the final publicity stops to be made before the film's world premiere though several more would be made throughout november after its debut uh, on October 31st, the Muppets brought their zany mayhem to the wacky world of WWE with Kermit, Miss Piggy, and several other notable cast members taking over hosting duties for a Raw Super Show in Atlanta, Georgia. The film went on to be a smash success and helped reignite the Muppets' profile in the mid-2010s, no doubt t- thanks to this most ambitious of crossovers. Of course. So what WWE was, was the reason the Muppets were successful is what I'm hearing. Okay. They fit together very well. There's literally yes. an ep- there, there's an episode of the Muppet Show um, where like the headline act of the night was Kermit getting a bunch of lady wrestlers and trying to like sneak it by Sam. Um, and Sam's like, uh, Kermit, this this episode is getting very weird. What what's on the docket for the rest of the night? Oh well, you know we have the pace and space sketch. We we have um uh we have Swedish Chef uh, and then and then we have uh, the, the lady wrestlers. What? Oh, uh, the, the, yeah, we have the, the lady wrestlers. Lady wrestler, yeah. Um, so they they go together very well. It, it's been a long time coming. Okay. Uh, well, uh, to kind of lean into that, talking about hosting duty, that's very significant that you mentioned that. Yeah, because, I, I, yep. Is because according to WWE Wikipedia, they consider them part of the Raw guest hosts list. So I'm going to talk about this concept. So yes, yes, the Raw guest host it, that was WWE in the late 2000s, early 2010s. That was their biggest ratings. Um, you know, um, what's the word for it? Publicity stunt. Yeah. Where and this was, if you want the kayfabe explanation of it, it's all Donald Trump's fault. I say that completely sincerely because <laughs> I believe it. Because what happened was, is WWE ran a storyline where Donald Trump bought Monday Night Raw from from Vince. No, he didn't buy WWE. 
he bought raw what? <laughs> don't ask don't ask me to explain how that makes sense but they killed the storyline because wwe decided to work the stock market and put out a press release about it and so their stock tanked and so they were like lol is the storyline goodbye okay vince gets it back oh my but, god but before but before vince mcmahon can get monday night raw back donald trump institutes the raw guest host policy where they would where there would be a celebrity every week on raw there would be a celebrity host who ran the show he'd make matches it would suck yeah well it's okay a couple of them are funny yeah you uh, said bob, bob barker i think bob barker is is consistently like everyone everyone lists like what were the best guest hosts of raw bob barker it's <laughs> probably the number one answer to this question but then you get weird shit like buzz aldrin or uh rev reverend um there there was, it was a pot there was a politician that was on once uh al sharpton that's it that's it that's it that's it oh the reverend al sharpton reverend now, al now, sharpton. now one of donald j trump's arch nemeses yes of course this is the very same the very and same. then uh the the obama impersonator was a completely different thing oh um, that was a different by the way thing. and mo probably most famously is when um jeremy piven and ken jong host one of the more infamous moments they were hosting raw and the he the, they try to do a bit where they ban the where they like put a stipulation that if like Miz doesn't axe up, he's going to be banned from SummerSlam, except they fuck it up. And instead, Jeremy Piven says, they'll be banned from the Summerfest. And John Cena has to step in and say, you mean SummerSlam, right? Oh my God. Uh, yeah, you, I think you've mentioned that before. That's so funny to me. Yeah. I mean, basically, at the end of the day, the Raw guest host era was as good as however much the guests cared about this pretty much you know like the guests who were enthusiastic about wrestling or at least being part of raw yeah the you know you look at the bob barker you look at uh seth green you look at <laughs> Hugh jackman wait guys huge like, ackman yes huge ackman indeed the largest oh ackman was there ghost ackman he 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 was a good host yeah, like was he were, do, was 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 he doing more like Broadway Hugh or Hollywood Hugh at that point? It would it would have been Hollywood Hugh. Ah, damn it! That would have happened like 2010. About, okay, yeah, he was Wolverine. He was solidly Wolverine at that point. Yeah. yeah, but so like the hosts who cared and were like genuinely into the show, it was fun, if a little silly, of course. But oh, there, yeah. but there were plenty of hosts who just were like, "I'm here for the paycheck and the height and to." plug my thing yeah. i don't care that much otherwise so by 2011 this had mostly fallen out of favor in favor of going back to traditional authority figure characters and i'll mention that i'll be a little more of that who's the authority figure on raw right now <laughs> in a bit but they did bring in the muppets and they are considered part of the raw guest host uh you know history so i figured i'd go ahead and bring up the idea i'm almost surprised they brought the muppets on like i guess i i guess i shouldn't be too shocked that like um vince and it would have been eisner or Iger at this point i can't remember 2011 would be Iger, wouldn't it yeah i think it would be Iger. yeah i i, I wouldn't be surprised if vince and Iger were bedfellows to some extent um even if like wwe wasn't in the pocket at disney or vice versa mm -hmm. um 
And, like, the Muppets do fit very well. And they... I'm just surprised, like, they had them on to, like, plug their fucking movie and, like, host. Like, every once in yeah. a while, they get really whimsical. Yeah. So, what what's going on right in TV right now? Is mm-hmm. it's Because it, it's a couple months since the end of the Summer of Punk arc storyline that we've covered. So, stuff's happened. Um, Wait, it's, it's, it's Halloween and it's still Summer of Punk? I said post summer. Oh, post summer. Pardon me. We're post. We're post now. Okay. We're we're fish. It's because so. Let's talk about the most recent pay per view, which was Vengeance, a the most fillery pay per view ever, um, in 2011. But what uh, three things happened on it worth mentioning? Uh, the first is is you had the you had art you had the Miz and our truth the awesome truth are now a tag team and they are running roughshod over wwe man up to we have already had the storyline where the entire locker room walks out on triple h due to unsafe working conditions because of the miz and our truth yep you know look i know miz was your first favorite and i try to be relatively nice to him because of that but dear god what an abhorrent sin for him to make me like dislike something with our truth. Fuck you, Miz. Sorry. So that leads in is basically the roster does come back, but this leads to Triple H being fired as COO. Uh, Vince McMahon is back for reasons they don't explain. <laughs> Look, he didn't want to stay off tv for too long he's like Shit, yeah i actually saw people might actually think we're serious here oh no yeah and so and so he was replaced by john laurinaitis as the general manager of raw and don't worry you'll get to see good old him on this show no so mercy and so because and also at hell in a cell cm punk was in a triple threat match with uh, John Cena and Alberto Del Rio, who is not in jail as of recording. Damn. Damn it. Damn keeping it. Track, keeping track. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the, keeping track. For the WWE title, uh, the Miz and R-Truth cost him that match. And so there, the Miz and R-Truth are facing Triple H and CM Punk, ta- who are tag teaming together now. Oof. Okay. And okay. then at the paper, then at the yeah. pay-per-view, Kevin Nash interferes because he's still in this goddamn storyline, except now he's fighting Triple H and not CM Punk. Mm-hmm. He interferes and the Miz pins CM Punk to win the match. So we're yeah. doing great. Yeah, yeah. This storyline really, really panned out well for everybody. <sighs> right. So this that happened. Then we had uh, Mark Henry and the Big Show had a match for the World Heavyweight Championship that ended in a draw when they do this spot where Mark Henry does a suplex to Big Show off of the top rope. And when they both land, the ring explodes. Oh, yeah, this thing. Yeah, it, it's, it's a, you might have seen it before. Wait, is it ring it? literally explodes or like it breaks? Like it breaks, it falls. Like yeah, okay, I have seen that. And falls apart. Yeah, which was a reference to when Brock Lesnar and Big Show did that, and they did that for realsies on accident. But this oh. was planned. Yeah. Uh, 
And so the match ends in a draw there. And that leads into the main event match, John Cena versus Alberto Del Rio for the WWE title in a, a, a last man standing match that Miz and R-Truth interfere in and cost Cena the match. And so Del Rio is the champion. So how that leads into the episode of Raw that came before this one, before these October 31st episodes, some threads. First, Triple H, he cuts a promo to start Raw, and he's talking about how, you know, he's he was told in this business, you can make friends or you can make money. But I thought I was lucky. And then I I got I had some people who I could trust. And as I mentioned to David when I was watching this, as you can really tell the rate where what the relationship between Scott Hall and WWE is at this point in time, mm-hmm. then you can tell that Scott Hall is still a fucked up drunk because when he he lists the members of the because Triple H in this promo lists the members of the click, but he doesn't name Scott. He right. goes Sean Michaels, Sean Waltman. Kevin Nash. And so he's leading this into this like, Mm. Kevin Nash has betrayed him. He fed up with this world. Yeah. Everyone betray me. I fed up with this world. world. And he's like, I know you're here. I'm going to, I want to fight. I'm going to fight you. And John Lardis is like, he's, he's not here. Honor. I is. He's, he's at home. He's injured. And he's like, you're going to get, you're going to get him here so i can fight him and then surprise kevin nash is here so he attacks triple h with a sledgehammer he hits him in the back once and triple h is like immobilized he has to be helped to the back and they have to but then he collapses backstage and they try to put him on an ambulance and then nash shows up to interfere and beat up triple h some more and then and then and then leaves and it's so bad. I, I, as I told David, I, I take back everything I said about the backlot ambulance scene last week, and thinking that was boring and slow because that had nothing on this goddamn segment. And yeah, the worst wow. part is, is they replay it six times over the course of the broadcast. Damn, and you thought like the three times they replayed the backlot shit was bad last week. It was. They they replayed the this Triple H attack three times in the first 20 minutes That's of the so show. Funny. Like it was terrible. But yeah, that's where we're at now. Damn, it's almost like were... 2011 really misused their Kevin Nash. It was rough, okay. Ooh. But that's where we're at. Triple H and and Nash are having this like you these bitter friends turned bitter enemies feud. And I don't care <laughs> because I just remember how this is, this is technically the culmination of the CM Punk arc. If you want to think about it, like uh, it's so it's, not it ends with this fucking was... shit. No <laughs> anymore. But what is about him is so, okay. So after is Alberto Del Rio came out and did a monologue about how, cause you know, we're now back in the era of W of wrestling where they monologue all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, good old Shakespearean is, is David yes. Collins in, our, in our first episode, but he's out there about how nobody is. He's he, he wants a challenger, but nobody's good enough. He's beating everybody. So, walkity walkity and cm punk shows up and he's like hey i would like you to remember that i beat you like a couple of weeks ago yeah so 
I would like a shot. And then Alberto Del Rio goes, hmm, let me think about it. No, you couldn't even beat The Miz on pay-per-view. I'm not giving you a title match. What the fuck? And then big John Laurinaitis comes out and is like, well, CM Punk has a good point. He didn't get a one-on-one rematch, but Del Rio also has a good point. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to think about is I'll, I will give you your title match, CM Punk. Sorry, I'm I'm actually pretty good at doing a John Laurinaitis impression, that's, that's, so I've got to stick fair. with it here. That's fair. As he goes, he's like, I'll give you your match on one condition. Is you say that you respect me. And so CM Punk, he hems and haws about it for a minute. And then he finally is like, you know what? And then he his and then he goes, John Laurinaitis, I do respect you. I respect how far you've gotten in your career with so little talent. I respect that you are a glad-handed ass kisser. Uh, waka waka, as <laughs> Fozzie Bear would say. Yeah, I hope he says yeah, clearly. But and then so John Laurinaitis is like, you know what? For that, I think I need a week to think about whether you deserve a title shot. And so, such as such, we continue with that. Yeah. You know, I will will say, at least, at the very least, people like Laurinaitis and Vince have the self-respect to portray them on TV. They portray themselves on TV as they actually are, as as hot-headed douchebags. Yeah. And then we get to uh, the, and then so we move on to uh, the John Cena stuff. Uh, so Cena coming out of this is like, hey, so Miz and our truth, what the fuck, man? I think you cost me the title match. I don't, I don't appreciate that. And so that leads to uh, he first in this episode he had a he had, was going to have a tag match with the Awesome Truth with Zack Ryder as his partner on this episode on raw and then they sh- and then the awesome truth shit canned writer before the match so john cena had to fight them two on one ah and it still ends in a shenanigan and it still ends in some bullshit because john cena can't even lose two on one for cleanly whatever but of course <laughs> and so it ends with them shit canning cena two on one and john laurinitis is like comes out because the thing is is that the first in that first match with each other, Laurinaitis picked Cena's partner, and so he comes okay. out and is like, "John, I tonight I picked your partner, and that didn't go very well. I'm sorry. So at Survivor Series, I'm going to let you have a match with Awesome Truth, and you can pick your partner this time. Anyone oh. you want." And at first, Cena's like, "Oh come on, man, I you I don't trust this shit." And then he's like, "Wait." Anyone I want. And so but he says is because they've also been advertising that Survivor Series is the return of The Rock. And so John Cena says, my partner at Survivor, he probably won't accept this, but I'm laying down the challenge right now that my tag partner at Survivor Series will be The Rock. Oh, shit. 
And so now it becomes will the rock accept John Cena's invitation because mm. as because as you may have forgotten is that it is already set in stone that the re- the main event of WrestleMania the upcoming year will be John Cena versus, versus the, rock. the rock. So it's like it's like can can they coexist is an interesting question that is definitely not overused in wrestling. Um but that is where that is. That's where the main event plots are. Some some other things I've had to deal that are relevantly important is the Beth Phoenix is still the Divas champion. And she's basically she's as I've I I briefly mentioned this last when we did the Summer of Punk stuff that like there's this real habit during the Divas era that when you have a woman who isn't who is not who doesn't fit the traditional divas. Uh, look in the in Beth Phoenix's case is she's jacked as fuck. <laughs> so what they like to do with those women is make their character an anti diva. Like they like they fight against the very concept of like hey, looking hey. like a hot a hot model. Hey, based based, I'm anti diva. So she and Natalia Neidhart are on, uh, you know, a uh, niece of Bret Hart. You might remember her. <laughs> They're yep, on a yep. mission to destroy all the pretty women in the on the roster, and Who they're still doing that. And then we, ha- the United States title picture is still with uh, Dolph Ziggler who is still palling around with Vicky Guerrero and Jack Swagger and Zack Ryder really wants the title. That's that's about as much as I know, to be honest. Uh, The tag team champions are Kofi Kingston and Evan Bourne. I don't know if they'll be on the show, but you know, they're pretty sweet. Yes. And then the thing that is so fucking the worst heel Michael Cole is Uh. he's having a feud with Jim Ross who oh, isn't Christ. even on commentary anymore. It's still it's him and Jerry doing the commentary. God damn it. And the whole last episode they have this running gag of uh where see where Cole is apparently tweeting live dur- live during the show and they talk about live tweeting in that way that you can tell that it's 2011 and so the concept of tweeting isn't ubiquitous and everyone's mind because like jerry's like oh well cole you sure do a lot of tweeting don't you and and he's like yeah and cole's like yeah it's a new it's the hot it's a new hot cool social media thing and so cole is live tweeting because because supposedly jim ross is live tweeting and shit talking michael cole as a commentator and so cole is deciding to fire back live on air and you know something about Jr. live tweeting doesn't doesn't mm, quite doesn't, quite it doesn't, it doesn't work for me either. Yeah, no. yeah. Seems a little too old for that. Yeah, he's, a little bit. He, he's a real boomer sooner. Boom, boom. I could, yeah, God. Uh, but anyway, it eventually leads to Michael Cole saying, claiming that Jr. got drunk and live tweeted some embarrassing pictures that he's gonna share on Raw. And we again, I we get the we get the amazing quote from Jerry Lawler of, "Well, I've heard a drunk dial drunk dialing. Is there such thing as drunk tweeting?" Oh my Christ, Lawler! <laughs> Shut like, up, you, Lawler! You I haven't fucking, said that you so fucking long. boomer. Shut anyway. up, Lawler. Anyway, Cole shows the p- 
pictures and their bad Photoshop jobs that make that look that make Jim Ross look fat and silly. Oh, like, see, I'm thinking it's like Jr.'s face, like on a bikini model. No, it no. Well, he's in a thong, but he's they went the fat. other direction with it. They went the other it. direction, with it. yeah. Okay. And like this is like peak 2000s PG era WWE humor. Like I'm get like on the timeline of jokes that they love to overuse. Like in the 90s, it was little people impersonations. Yep. Yep. In the 2000s, before they went PG, it was dumping shit on people. In PG era, it's bad Photoshop. Uh, Thankfully, they have moved away from bad Photoshop humor in the last half a decade or so. It's, a, it's not a staple of WWE TV anymore, and I'm very happy for it. Yeah, so God. they do this, and Michael Cole lays out the ch a challenge for JR. He calls it the Michael Cole Challenge. And he doesn't say what it is. He just says it's a challenge. And he's he wants JR to I show up, up on Raw and accept it. Oh and I'm like, Christ. okay. So I, we're, I guess we're going to have this tonight. Of course. Of course. Why wouldn't? Why so, not? you know, cool. we're not in a great place. On no. The Muppets God, are we have the Muppets to salvage The Muppets this, are yeah. in a great place right Dude, now. Dude, the Muppets are about to fucking peak again. And there's and here they are slumming it on Raw just because they get a zillion viewers and like there's a weird amount of crossover sometimes between like Muppets in the wrestling world. Uh, yep. Something else I I like learned today is Hornswoggle was in the sequel to Muppets 2011. He had a cameo. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. No. He the because because at one point Kermit gets fucking gulagged. Um. And okay. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of like guest star fellow gulaggers and one of them is Hornswoggle. Sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? Josh sure. Groban's another one of them. Uh, so you know, it's it, if that gives you any idea for just like the general attitude they take toward like anything. All right. Well, it's time to go back to a time when Jason Siegel was a top comedic, was a top, <laughs> was, a, was a popular comedian. Oh, uh, I, I feel bad. I always like Jason Siegel, but like, man, he is he he his career has not been the same since How I Met Your Mother ended, has it? Dude. Oh my God. Dude, he and Vince Vaughn feel like they're, like, cut from the same ilk of just, like, they had their, like, hits and then just, like. Yeah, but, I, but Vince Vaughn is in that group of guys who are all bros with each other and just cast each other in all of their movies. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's he's, fair. Jason he's Siegel fine. doesn't have any such, which is unfortunate because Siegel's, Siegel's great. I really enjoy him in Muppets I do. I'm not, I'm not even saying that Jason Siegel's a bad comedian, by the way. No. Guys. I'm just saying he literally doesn't do anything anymore. I know. It's really sad. I mean. I, he might do behind the scenes stuff because, like, he yeah, also, but I've, like, he has. I have not seen. I haven't seen a big time. I haven't seen any like big hype Jason Siegel production in forever. That's fair. But he also wrote Muppet 2011, like, and like mm -hmm. produced it and shit. So, like, I think he does behind the scenes stuff. He just hasn't been yeah. as active on stream. But yes, uh, if you would like to watch along on the October 31st, 2011 episode of Raw, then you can, of course, uh, do it at Peacock. Uh, get all the cock as they as as they say in the biz uh, is is five ninety nine a month with ads uh, uh, nine ninety nine without you know it's not great but it is what it is uh, WWE streaming partner you know they get a billion dollars for this so yeah yeah yay exciting yep 
So we'll see you guys in the back half as we discuss as when we discuss the episode. And we are back. We have finished the October 11th, 2011 episode of Monday Night Raw as hosted by the Muppets. And I must say it was. Oh, fuck. Sensational. God, how do I I can't believe you fucked this up? Sensational. Look, look, there are a lot of words, okay? It was sensational, inspirational, celebrational, and muppetational. Yeah, uh, the Muppets were definitely the most fun part of the show. Yeah, yeah, shocker for, like, post-Summer of Punk 2011. Yeah, but, you know, Muppets, they had some good gags. I mean, they always do. And like I said, they fit in with this world so well. Like, like wrestling like obviously wwe like it was doing its it's like approximation of taking itself seriously at this point but like god when you get down to it wrestling is so silly and dumb and cartoony and the muppets like allow them to actually capitalize on some of that shit more and i love i love when it was like when when the wrestlers were like just leaning into acting like cartoon characters it was such a fun change of pace Oh yeah, ever all the wrestlers got super into it. I know. It's dude, that's the magic of the Muppets is like they they're so the Muppets are so good at like using their like guest star. I mean, they were the guest stars here, but the Muppets are so good at using their like celebrity cohorts in like fun ways. So mm-hmm. they knew to kind of just like really exemplify that the wrestlers are all these kind of like big dumb beefy boys with big personalities. Uh and just kind of play into that. And the wrestlers in turn seem to like absolutely love it. Cause who doesn't love working with the Muppets? Like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. I figure let's I think we can go through the Muppets bits before we do anything else. I suppose. Like I that's almost it's the best part. I don't know if I wanna if, if I wanna like save the best for last, but I guess it makes sense to like talk about it. Uh, I mean, I guess we can just go in order, and then we'll just get Muppets bits throughout. Muppets bits throughout, because yeah, they don't show up till like after the first commercial. Yeah, they they we do we get a couple of segments without them, and then they just yeah. kind of intersperse throughout the rest of the show. Yeah, um, we open on a, a continuation of what um, Austin was talking about in the front half with CM Punk um, trying to get that match. Oh no, we start with the Rock. Oh, oh yeah. Oh fuck, we do start. We with started the rock. with then, the rock via satellite. Via satellite, oh, not not even via satellite, because like they even had a thing like saying recorded earlier today. Yeah. So like so- it was like it was like via emailing a a an MP4 to. to I, yeah, he just sent in a vid. Yeah. Um, and it fe- and I and like it. It's not really a hot take to talk about. The, the Rock's return run wasn't great in a lot of, was definitely felt like a letdown for a lot of people. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but at the same time, this promo felt weird. This and, promo was like weirdly low energy. Like, mm-hmm. like it, maybe not even, it just felt awkward. Like the Rock was kind of like getting used to being back in like WWE promo mode. Yeah. It felt like he was trying to be serious. And that yeah. doesn't fit, and that doesn't really fit the best of the rock ever. At least not like that kind of the kind of series he was going for. It felt so like self-righteous dude, bro. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, where he's like, I'm doing this for the people. 
Yeah, so uh, it doesn't help. It's also extremely meandering. I, like, it takes him so long to get to the point. Oh, my like God. It, it, I don't know if if he just doesn't know how to do promos any other way or if he i'll put it like this is that he structures the promo as if he was going to be there live and people were going to react to every single thing he says yeah but he's not there live and they don't so it gets weird and awkward but he takes this long way round to be like you know, the, the, I he gave me the challenge to, to join you, and I said, and I say, hell no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, because you're a little bitch. Out, and but then he's like, then I was thinking about it, and I heard the people, and the people want me to do it, and to, and to beat the Miz and our truths at candy asses or whatever. Jabroni so, asses. To be, yeah, he says candy ass. Jabroni is his word of the word of the era. It is jabroni asses. So then he's like, "I'll do it. I'll see it. Survivor Series, never before, never again." And then he yeah. tries, and then he tries to just like remind you that I'm still like I still got WrestleMania. We're not friends. <laughs> well, like but, he just yeah he he's like. Like, they, they do the tease because, of course, they do of him saying hell no. And, of course, like, that gets reversed. Because, um, of course, he's going to accept. Like, wh- why would they, like, throw that out into the ether and then not, like, follow up on it? Um, but on top of that, like, he just, it feels like, yeah, like you said, he's trying to play to a live audience and it just does not read. Um, he's, he's, like, lost touch for, like, at what points audiences like respond to what? And if he was there live, then he would be able to correct himself. Yeah. Yeah. Serious. But it's a pre-taped video. So he's just kind of going off of what he is when he assumes everyone is going to react to what he's saying. Yeah, I know it's some pretty brutal guesswork I have to say, but like, mm-hmm. but like it still reads as kind of awkward and like, he just, he keeps, like, taking these long pauses. And, yeah, he's taking himself, it feels like he's trying to take himself, like, weirdly seriously. He's, like, he's trying to play this, like, like, it's still rock and it's still over the top. But it kind of feels like he's trying to play it straight in, in, in this weird way. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like some, like, I gotta be a serious actor-ish. Yeah, like, it, it, it reeks of self-import, which is, mm-hmm. like, the exact opposite of, like, like you said, if the rock is, like, going for like serious self-import that's like that's a weakness for him like it's when he's just playing it natural that he feels the most like important and impressive yeah and like like i just kind of noticed it like he doesn't pepper in very many of his catchphrases yeah well he does well he uses some of his like new ones like team bring it boots to asses but like the classics that get the pops it's like it's funny to me that he structures this promo as if the crowd is gonna like cheer at the end of every sentence. Yeah, when I he know. avoids using so many of his catchphrases that everybody cheers for. Yes. And when he does do the catchphrases, they get a pop for it. Like when he sort of does his like jabroni beating, pie eating, eyebrow raising, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He gets a little bit of a reaction. And then obviously at the end when he does the if you smell, if you smell is when the crowd the goes nuts. Fucking... Yeah. But hey, like, I will he... say he had a cool moment there where he does like the 
if you smell ah! the rock. And he lets the audience finish it. And then mm-hmm. he goes, it's cool. Yeah. That that was a cool moment. Like that that, was, that was That's cool. like one moment of him like reaching across space time and knowing like what the reaction would be and being able to play with it. Mm-hmm. But everything else is him like, like he says, hell no, like three times as if he expects the crowd to pop big the first time he says, hell no. Yeah, and maybe if he was there live, they would have. It's just a different energy and all that. But pre-tape, everyone's just sitting there watching a video screen, so nobody's really reacting to what he says. Correct, correct, utterly correct. And and like maybe to be fair to him, in if you go back and watch his Attitude Era stuff, even in pre-tapes, the crowd would lose their shit for him. So maybe he was thinking it would go the same way, but it here it didn't, and that kind of dragged the whole thing down. Well, it it like he's not. Like, like, he's still The Rock, obviously, and, like, mm-hmm. it's huge, but, like, he's not, like, it's not his era anymore, and so, like, he's not, like, so over that just, like, the audience will, like, will will clap like seals for every, like, syllable that he utters. Mm-hmm. He's still got a whole lot of star power, and people are super hyped to see him, but, like, it's mostly, like, yeah, he's there over video feed, like, that. what, what do you expect? Like, yeah. you know, he's with, he's not, he's not, he's off filming some movie or some shit. And it's because kind of standard fare, whatever. Yeah, he'll be here in three weeks for Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, yay, we get an early rock appearance. Woo! And yeah, uh, so the, so the whole thing just kind of like feels sluggish and mm-hmm. off for a couple of reasons. Yeah, but you know, effective enough. He gets the point across. He teases the audience. He lets the he that they all let him know they smell what the rock is cooking. Yep. But now we get to the CM Punk thing. Yeah. CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk pops out for a match with Mark Henry because that's what Laurinaitis has conditioned his fight with Del Rio on. Yes. Um, and I was actually super hyped for this because, like, I love CM Punk, love Mark Henry, and, like, they're such... Uh, anytime, like, someone like Punk fights a big boy, it's always cool. Um, but Punk especially just because, like, I love his in-ring work and it doesn't feel super catered to, like, a Mark Henry type. So it's cool to see him, like, switch it up a little bit to make it Yeah. But, you know, we don't get to see a lot. No. Because they quickly get to the finish of it where Alberto Del Rio and Ricardo Rodriguez show up. And Del Rio has Ricardo attack Mark Henry. And for some reason, the ref takes a while to DQ him on this. I don't know why. He was just so shocked that he couldn't just ring the bell, I guess. Yeah, I know. I it we we were we were yelling for the ref while we were watching, because um, Ricardo comes in trying to get the the DQ, and I guess I mean it 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 must be that like in kayfabe the ref knew what Ricardo was trying to do and was trying to see if like he could be subdued before mm-hmm. his hand was like forced, but Ricardo just kept on like attacking Mark Henry on challenge, so the DQ went through. I guess. But... Yeah. He they do call the DQ and because and because Mark Henry was the one attacked, Mark Henry wins the match by DQ. Therefore, Punk doesn't get his match. Neener 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 neener. Yeah, yeah. As uh, as we put it, waka waka, which Austin just now learned was the catchphrase of Fozzie Bear. I did. I had no idea that the waka waka thing was Fozzie Bear. 
Oh my god, it feels so weird to be the expert on something on this show. Yeah. Speaking of, the Muppets are next. Yeah. Uh, although I will say a couple a couple more things. One, watching the what little we got of the of the punk Henry match, Henry is very generous about like selling to smaller dudes, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that about him. Yeah, oh yeah. He's I, not I... like he, he's he's vulnerable. He's not like an immovable force like Big Show. Like he's vulnerable. Um but in some ways, that kind of makes him more feel more dangerous to me, maybe because it makes him for make him make him feel more realistic or something. Yeah, he's he's the world's strongest man. He's not the world's toughest man. That's different. It's a different category. No, but like it, seriously though, like I appreciate that like Punk can like smack you know ch- chop his chest a little bit and he'll like he'll react and like get some mm-hmm. hurt out of it. Um, yeah. Uh, and then at the end when they call the DQ, Punk is pissed. Henry is pissed. Del Rio's like, Del Rio's like, yeah, good boy to, to Ricardo. Uh, but then Punk Punk yeets Ricardo. Uh, and then the way I think Lawler describes is like throwing throwing him in the the uh, the pit for Henry to feed on or something. Well, he did do that, but what happened? It we will never know because the camera completely oh my God, missed yeah. it. It it was. I don't like to talk about WWE's shoddy camera work on this show because I'm not well-versed. I'm not good enough at catching bad cinematography to usually notice it. Mm. Like the 30 set, like when they do 37 bazillion camera cuts, I'm not good enough to notice that. But I am good enough to notice that when they do the big pop move where they have Mark Henry to hit um, Ricardo Rodriguez with the world's strongest slam, they don't get it at all. They cut from uh, they he throw they throw he CM Punk throws Ricardo in the ring. They cut to Del Rio reacting. Yeah. They cut to Punk reacting, and then they cut to the ring after the move's over. I love Punk's angry face, dude. He's got such Hulk vibes to him. Like you won't mm. like me when I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, which is funny because they show the man? replay, and it is from a good angle. Yeah, so they have the camera angle, just dipshits didn't didn't think to keep it on the ring, to keep the, the shot right on the sword. ring. Like, oh, God. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this Pathetic. is so bad. Pathetic. But, yeah. But then, That's not yeah. even the only time they miss that move, miss a big move tonight, too. Oh, God. But, but yes, yeah, we, the, we, we cut to a preview of what's to come on the episode, and we hear the Muppets theme song kick in, and Lawler's real hype for it. Lawler um, does the bit that David the the uh, sensational, inspirational, celebrational, Muppetational. Um, and I, you know what? As much as I hate Jerry Lawler, I do appreciate him getting hype for the Muppets. Um, uh-huh. And sure enough, Kermit and Piggy pop up um, behind a little wall they have set up in front of the in front of the like main entrance way because you know yeah, gotta yeah, hide yeah. the puppeteers. Right, um, right. And I gotta say, Kermit and Piggy are both on their best behavior tonight in terms of their uh, tumultuous relationship. Uh, they're not like bitching at each other constantly, which is they're which a, is they're in, a, they're in a good mood. They are, which is a nice change of pace. It's so funny because the Muppets kind of have their own version of kayfabe. Because like, as in, in some ways, it's almost better kept than like WWE kayfabe. Because like, in a lot of cases, like they exist in the real world. Uh, as people like they'll show up on reality shows sometimes and shit like and they'll treat it like the, it's the characters themselves not the people behind it they do that here yeah. they fucking kermit showed up on like masked singer this last season 
Um, uh, oh, Danny, uh, that's neat. Yeah, he was one. He was one of the masked singers. Um, and it probably fucked some people up because uh, it was the new guy who voices Kermit, who who sounds like different than like Whitmire and Henson usually. Oh, do that's it. that's perfect. Then that way that makes it harder for people to know who it is. Yeah, I know. Which I have a I have a whole rant about people being too mean to Matt Vogel, but that's not what we're here for. Um, um, but uh, oh, what else? I remember once, like on America's Got Talent, they had like this finalist round or this semi finalist round where like you got to perform with like uh with like a megastar in your field, and there was like a puppeteer guy, uh, and they show him getting a call, and he's like, "Oh my god, I've wanted to work with you since I was five. and then it cuts to him with his puppet singing like Rainbow Connection with Kermit. And they oh, play it off like it was totally Kermit over the phone and not like, you know, Steve Whitmire or whatever. Right. That's cute. It, yeah, no, just cute shit like that. Um, uh, so, like, the Muppets kind of have their own version of kayfabe, so they fit perfectly into here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Kermit and Piggy's tumultuous relationship is on is on hold. But then again, we don't know, like, if their relationship is actually that bad. We, we can kind of assume because, like, Piggy's still a flirtatious, jealous little fuck and Kermit's a mousy little git. Um... um but they're they're behaving themselves. They're just here to promote the thing, uh, and they're like, "Yeah, I, welcome to the super." I show. mean, Miss Piggy was about ready to kill Kelly Kelly for a second there, but you know, she we'll, was. Get to, we'll get to that by the end of the segment. Yeah, yeah. And despite later on, whatever. Uh, well, that was just revenge, you know. It's got to get even. Uh huh. But okay. anyway, anyway. So yeah, Miss Piggy and Kermit, they 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 be like, "Hi, everybody, we're going to raw." Yay! Kermit Woo! does the yay but, thing. Yeah, yay! But that's his. That's get... his. That's his big pop move. Yeah, his big yay! yay! Yeah, I get that. Gets a huge. That gets a huge pop. Yeah. You know. But before we go and get any further, Jack Swagger and Vicky Guerrero show up. Yeah, we hear "Excuse me," and I'm like, "What a perfect like! What Thanks, a perfect yay, person yay. to." Vicky is a living Muppet, so it's kind of perfect. Yeah, and so. They just start talking shit to the Muppets for no reason at all, really. And uh, but Kermit's all scared, and he's like, oh, "I'm sorry, Mister Swagger, sir. Uh, we don't want any trouble with you or your mother." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kermit calls Vicky Jack Swagger's mother, and it's the funniest shit. And they're like, "Why scared me?" It's far better than any dunks that Statler and Waldorf get in later in the night. It's just the best. Yeah, and, and like eventually we get we get Vicky and Miss Piggy start like trying to go at each they other squaring and squaring up. They're squaring up. They're just like chest bumping each other. I know. Which it again, what to like they, they're so perfectly mad. They're both so and they keep making jokes about like Miss Piggy being like the true diva, the OG. Someone yeah. in the crowd is a sign about it. Um and Vicky's wearing, or no, not Vicky. Piggy's wearing this like getup that could be construed as like a diva's outerwear. Mm-hmm. Very fashionable. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, she and Vicky are, are getting close to are getting close to go, which is yeah, which is so then beautiful. We, we we get Santino to Morella to appear. He's, well, he's it's the, another like living Muppet. I've never met is. him before, but yeah, but, he's oh my the, god. He's, he is like the PG era comedy guy in WWE. To, to quote, to quote the movie they were here to promote, he is a muppet of a man. He is. He shows up to, to you know kind of move us forward and add some plot importance here, and not just fucking around. Where he he's there to defend Kermit and Miss Piggy, and he's like, "We're going to have a match." Is John Laryngitis 
Yeah. Uh, if people don't know, Santino does an incredibly fake Italian accent. It's so good, dude. I don't care it is. how it's hilarious. It is. It's, so it's very funny, but be clear. But it's also very fake. He's Canadian. Anyway. Ah, but but yeah, no. John, John Laryngitis is the second best dunk of the night. Yeah, he's done the laryngitis. He's a match one on one with a Jack Swagger. And Jack Swagger's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm the all American American, and I'm going to have Dolph Ziggler in my corner. And Cena's like, uh, no, 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 because the Dolph Ziggler has a match of his own against Zack Ryder. And everyone oh pops, and you, and, we get, and you get um a Kermit going, woo, woo, woo. And this piggy goes, no, no, it. Oh, my God. I know. Kermit and Piggy are like weirdly invested in like in like WWE lore. Oh yeah, they're super into it. Oh, oh, we also get Santino when Santino shows up. Kermit tries to thank him, and then and then like Jack Swagger palms Kermit's face and, and holds so his good. mouth shut. And he's like, "Shut it, frog." Dude, I love how malleable Kermit's head is because it allows for so much. Like he yeah. just like wrinkles and twists. Yeah, no, he just fucking goes oh, over. Oh, we forgot like, Swagger's shit-talking lines of when he's like, oh, yeah, it's not easy being green. Well, it's not easy. I mean, you know, it's not easy as being a plate of frog legs. Which, like, they keep doing – I can't – I don't know if this was, like, all accidental or, like, someone in the writer's room being real cheeky. Um – but, like, they keep making these accidental references to, like, Muppet stuff. Specifically, like, the OG Muppet movie. Because Frog Legs is, like, like, a... I feel like there's no way that was intention. That was accidental. Like, uh, that feels like it was definitely a intentional it, choice. Well, I don't know. Because, like, it was said in such this nonchalant way. Um, like, the Frog Legs thing. Because, like, it's a plot point in the original, like, Muppet movie... That like there's th- that the villain wants Kermit to be like the spokesperson for his like frog leg restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, and then when Kermit keeps saying no, the villain's like, "Okay, fuck you! I'm gonna turn you into frog legs." Uh, it could have just been because food. Because then he also is. Yeah. Then he also before as Santino's coming out, he makes reference to the idea of like he's gonna. He you're you're lucky I'm not hungry for a ham sandwich. Yeah, that's true. That's just piggy piggy. piggy gets like food jokes made about her on the reg and it's really unfortunate stop being fat phobic my queen um uh but like also the like never before never again thing with with rock and that's that's extremely accidental it's extremely accidental but that's that's like the name of a song from the original muppet movie (laughs) so like they keep making these accidental like references and i'm just like you don't know like how happy this is making me you're accidentally digging into the deep lore yeah so after the match is set that that and then we we are leading into the next bit which is the divas battle royal Mm -hmm. we get kelly kelly coming out and she does not she just walks up and just starts macking on Kermit. plain old sexual assault just comes up and kisses him and miss piggy's like what piggy's none too happy um, but she, she doesn't. She, she doesn't particularly take it out on either of them. She doesn't give either of them a, a solid high ya. Unfortunately, we had to cut the commercial, so we didn't get to see the high ya. True, true. Um, so and then back that, from commercial. That was a very fun. That was a very fun bit. It was before, so like again. They're the move on, highlight. Then. They're the highlight of this of this episode, dude. Absolutely. That, that was that's that probably that was the best part of the episode. Was I was, I was rolling the whole time. Oh, God. 
Yeah, no. The, uh, I, every time they bring the Muppets on, every time you have the Muppets in general, it's a good shit. Yep. And so now we get the Divas Battle Royal. Yeah, what a shock. The Divas match kind of sucks and is super yeah. short. Yeah. There's so, fucking like eight of them in the ring and it's still super short. Yeah, it's it's so bad. It first of all, it's the Halloween Battle Royal. So, so the you divas know, are in everyone costume. has uh, thankfully not too many sexy costumes yeah no they, they don't go suit well we'll save that of. we'll save I mean, there are a couple but like the bella not, twins not are just time. like they just have like thongs on underneath their uh uh their their mario and luigi costumes right so let's run through the li- the, the costumes here you had eve torres as a robin, robin which is you cute. had rosa mendez as a cave woman yeah Oksana as Morticia Adams. I appreciate. Right. I, I I do appreciate yeah. some Adams family. You okay, had a quick sidebar. It's pissing me off so much to see the Adams family movie like hawking, like hawking progressive insurance. <laughs> it's so pathetic to who they are. Uh, I, I get that, but also as a college football fan, I've had to see that commercial like 20 times a weekend every week for like five, yeah, four months it. now. I'm, yeah, I, I could probably with, say though, I could probably say the whole commercial by heart. I live with 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 sports people. All of my like roommates plus like an extra friend are fucking outside my door right now watching football. I nice. I, I I I I'm subjected to it too. Um, yeah. but anyway, yeah. So age. AJ Lee as Katana from Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I appreciate it. Because she's got to be the biggest dork. She's the nerd. I love I love she's AJ. Super nerd. I love it. Uh Caitlin as Dog the Bounty Hunter. That one did a ref, well. a ref what a reference. Like oh, that's something that the, the, the fans will definitely get. I really want to know like who picked out their costumes. Was it did they get it, the pick? They, ha- they had to have chosen because there's no way AJ would have gotten to be Katana if she didn't have total autonomy to be that's like, that's true. what I'm doing. That's true. I love to, I love to hearing Jerry Lawler say Katana for Mortal Kombat. Like, he oh yeah, the announcers have to know what the fuck, have to act like they know what that is. Yeah, I, oh my uh, god. The it's like, it's like so the year, foreign it's, coming out of his mouth. It's like the year the New Day came to in Final Fantasy outfits for WrestleMania, and Michael Cole had to say that as if he knew what that was. <laughs> and the, the New, New Day one, having their like... I, go, go. Yeah, it's just the New Day have such nerdy WrestleMania outfits. They got like the Power Rangers outfits. They've had the Dragon Ball Z outfits. They got the Final Fantasy gear. I am so happy that in like the previews I've seen for the New Day comic, I'm pretty sure they're wearing some approximation of their Power Rangers get up. Probably it's one of well, the yeah, well, outfits. Well, because it's co- it's Boom Studios who's doing it, and they have license to do Power Rangers comics. So that's that too. Sense. It would make sense. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, Back to the match. Uh, Alicia Fox as a sailor. Um, sure. Bet we get we, Nat, Nat Natalia is dressed as the Queen of Hearts, and Beth Phoenix is on commentary as the Queen, as the evil Queen. The evil Queen. Um, the Bella Twins are Mario and Luigi. Yeah, no, no chance for shenanigans here, boys. Yeah, and Tamina as an Egyptian goddess. Also, also, fuck the Bella Twins for being cowards and not doing Wario and Waluigi. You know, it's... So, Bella Twins for Smash is what you're saying. Wait, wait, no, stop. 
<laughs> do not want do not want to manifest this. Uh it's fine. It's I mean they'll get in before Waluigi does. So if that's uh, what if you want Waluigi, that's what you're gonna have to take. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Anyway. Uh now that I'm done riling up David, let's talk let's let's talk about the match here. Which what was, match? It was very clunky and very short for being very short. Women in the ring. I was even thinking too, like, you know, maybe. Maybe they'll actually try to give this one some like real stakes and actually drag it out a little bit. There's so nope. Nope, they won. Eve Eve Torres is now the number one contender for the Divas title. I who Again. Okay, who, who is who is dressed as the cave woman? Uh Rosa Mendez. She Rosa was shit immediately. She got she got shit immediately, which my my theory is that she wasn't wearing any shoes and she just got shit canned so no one would like step on her feet in the ring. My theory is that she's just really bad. Which oh well, that too. That too. I mean, te- I, how many of them are good here? Let me check that. That are yeah. in this match. It's not a lot. We're, no, we're a, running on low number. here. You know, we got and Beth Phoenix on commentary is just kind of being like the divas suck. All of you suck. Yeah, yeah, as you do. And so they try to beat up Eve after the match. But Kelly Kelly. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Kelly Kelly's in this match as a pirate. As a pirate. She's a pirate. Forgot player. about her. Or whatever. And But Kelly Kelly and um, who, Alicia Fox came back yeah. to help Eve to avoid getting beaten up by Beth Phoenix and Natalia. So. And the crowd was so mild for this. They always are. It's almost like you run dumb shit with divas and no one will care. Hey. But here's some not dumb shit is the next Muppets bit. With oh, my Beth, God. This is the Dr. best Dr. Honeydew and Beaker. And Beaker. Did so, you know those names or did you have to look? I, I knew Beaker. I had to look up. That's Honeydew. fair. That's fair. Dr. Bunsen, Honeydew, Beaker, um, pseudo-confirmed gay lovers. Um, sure, sure, that's, sure. That's, uh, you know more than me. <laughs> that's it's It's like I didn't know this until recently, but like. I guess they've been assumed to be like lovers in the past. And then like the like ABC Muppets office series kind of like subtly confirmed it when in one of the episodes, like they came in wearing each other's clothes and like Herman questioned it. And, and mm-hmm. Bunsen's like, Beaker, what we do outside of work does not need to be disclosed within work. Something like that. And it's like, okay. Um, Based so, in any way. So pseudo confirmed lovers, Bunsen and, and Beaker. Um, yeah. and, and Bunsen's like, Beaky, you must deliver this speed potion to what, to who? Santino. He's, the, he's trying to, you must to deliver Santino this speed potion to Santino. It grants him super speed and super strength. Yeah. Me and Beakers, of course. Me, 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 me. Yeah. It's so so he, he leaves the, he leaves the area that they like, how nice of WWE to give Dr. Bunsen his own area to be a lab. Dude, dude. You gotta, you gotta give it up to Muppet Labs. I, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. When, 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 when Bunsen wants to do some experiment and you can't stand in his way. Yeah. So Beaker's trying to to head on down the hallway, and he runs into Christian, who's come a crossing over from SmackDown. This is a Raw Super Show, y'all, which yeah. means brand split. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what that means so he shows up and he's just like and he just tries to like fuck with beaker and he takes the potion and dumps it out and beaker's all heartbroken and sad and then here and 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 he's like he's like he's like 
he smells it. He's like, oh, this sucks. I'm doing you a favor, dumps it out. He's like, sorry, nerd. Sorry, nerd. Yeah, he, he bops Beaker's head. Woo! Yeah. Oh, they, they, they do, they, they're so good about doing, like, the Muppet tropes, too. Like, they, they, whoever wrote for them did their fucking, I almost wonder if they brought Muppet writers on for this. Like, I wonder. I do wonder. Um. Because, yeah, he bobs Beaker, and Beaker's head, like, goes into his shirt. Like, that's a thing the Beaker mm-hmm. puppet does. Um, uh, earlier on, you know, Kermit's doing his, like, wavy arm thing for the yay. Uh, yeah. There's, Donzo does a thing later that we'll get to. Um, but, yeah. And then Seamus walks up, um, which, he wild kinda, to see him as yeah. a face. Wild yeah, to see him as a face in this era. This is, yeah, this is very, uh, very babyface Seamus. Yeah, so not, he kinda, not dunking on Detroit for heel heat Seamus. Yeah, so he, he 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 runs off Christian and he helps Beaker out. And he's and then he's like, hey, hey, Beaker, Wait, how's so, it going? It's so cute. Like, yeah, yeah, he he, beats, he greets Beaker like an old friend. And, like, Beaker's hair got messed up by Christian bopping. Well, no, so it's he, not like, an old friend. It's their family. Well, I, I know. Related. I was getting there. Yes. I was getting there. But he, like, spikes yeah. up Beaker's hair because Beaker has, like, orange hair like mm-hmm. Seamus. And he, like, spikes up Beaker's hair into the Seamus look. Um, he's like, see you at the family reunion. Uh, and Beaker goes, me, 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 me. So confirmed, Beaker and Seamus are related. That's, They're related. That's canon now. That's in canon. canon, Beaker and Seamus are related. And I had a great, I had a, I had a headcanon that I told Austin I'm going to subject our poor audience to because, again, I love nothing more on this podcast than, than like, alienating 90% of our audience. Um, but um, in the and in, in like an episode of the Muppet Show, uh, a guest star talks about how the Swedish chef doesn't speak real Swedish, but instead speaks mock Swedish. Um, and so my headcanon that Beaker's like collection of Mimi Me's is actually him speaking mock uh, Irish, uh, like mock Celtic. Um, mm, that sounds that, legit. Yeah, that's that's his. That's that's why he speaks like that. That's uh. That's him speak because Seamus is able to understand him perfectly. Beaker meeps at him, and Seamus is like, Seamus is like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll see you at the family reunion. Yeah, he's Seamus speaks mock Irish. Yeah, yeah, clearly, I he has to. He's he himself is a is a mock Irish. He's a real Irish, but deep down, but he also is a mock Irish. Anyway, you're required to learn both actually in, in like Irish schools. Oh, that's uh, out, yeah. part of the curriculum. Um, oh, got it, got it. Yeah. Got it. Really cute segment. This made me so happy. Like, like a love bringing on like obscure but deeply lovable. Like, well, not obscure, but like you know, lower profile characters like Bunsen and Beaker. Uh, but it, they they have such a good it dynamic. Felt, it felt to me like they got all the major Muppets uh, in this episode. It depends. Like, well, okay. the major for ones that people might have heard of. Yeah, the I mean, they got the big four, um, and then they threw in some other like. B tier like fan favorites. Yeah. Um actually I'll call them I'll call them like I'll call them like A tier because like the, the top four S tier. Uh um, right, yeah, yeah. I was disappointed we didn't get any Swedish Chef in that episode. Yeah, Swedish episode. Chef Swedish Chef was the one Muppet that I knew of that it wasn't on this episode. He he would have he would have fit in so well. Um but but regardless, so yeah, that was a really cute segment, made me very happy. Again, they fit in so freaking well, and this world is unreal. Yep. Uh, next, then we had the tag team match between uh, Air Boom, oh my God. the tag champs against Cody Rhodes and Wade Barrett. <laughs> ugly, ugly. Period. Cody Rhodes is wearing a face mask. Yeah. Like, don't look at me. Don't look ugly. Oh, Cody Rhodes is in his fan of the opera face. 
Yeah, except uh, not quite Phantom of the Opera. Now he doesn't go full Undertaker and go and literally wear a half mask, but he's Look. he's all in, he's in his uh, he's in his mask. Yes, he's in, he's he's in his mask. It's 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 like Phantom of the Mall. Instead of playing the organ, he lifts. Um. <laughs> and 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 ended up is 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 the uh, the the heels get the win. Dude, After some, they did Kofi so freaking dirty in this match, and it pissed me off. Yeah, so Cody got the got to be the role of the baby face in peril, which means uh, getting your ass kicked for ninety percent of the match. I know he just didn't get to do his cool shit. It makes me sad. No. Oh so, man. 2011 but, Kofi was so disrespected half the time. It's so it's it's, it's 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 what a this is a fun trip down memory lane. God, uh, thank as, God, as I, thank God for the new day. It's true, but you know, uh, wait, but you know, Wade Barrett was also one of my early favorites as a wrestling fan. This along with the Miz, of course. I was really into Wade. Bob, really, you really picked the winners here, dude. Yeah, I picked I picked all the the fun heels. Um. So Wade gets the W and there and Christian shows up. Well, the heels start beating down the, the, the tag champs. And then Christian shows up to also start kicking their ass. Yeah, oh my god. And then Seamus comes out and and chases every fights everybody off. Yeah, which is funny because like we get him directly before in like the promo. So of course, like Christian comes out, I'm like, man, I wonder if Seamus is going to show up. Oh, look. And then he shows up. Wow. And then he shows up and, like, baby faces get the get the dub of, of like, chasing off the, the, the conniving heels. Yeah, and that, that leads to the first Statler and Waldorf section. Yeah, I was disappointed because Statler and Waldorf were, like, the weakest Muppet sections of the night because, like, they Statler and Waldorf's whole um whole shtick is that they sit up in the balcony and like crack jokes about how bad the show they're watching is um and they keep trying to shoehorn in like wrestling jokes and yeah. references and it's all kind of awkward um the, yeah most awkward is this first one where he start where what, what, what's is it statler you'd know so, uh no so it was uh it was statler was doing the was doing the stone cold thing and waldorf okay. was like straight man yeah, Waldorf was was just listing off adjectives about the show, and, and you got Statler going, "What? What? What?" Which is uh, Stone Cold's absolute worst bit. Which which is so stupid because you have the you have our truth like on the in in like the the afterglow of a major storyline, and you don't do it as like an our truth chant. Why? It, it's 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 bad. Is is the old? But he's yeah. doing the what? What and then Waldorf goes, man. We had we went from Stone Cold to born in the uh, Stone Age. Born in the Stone Age. I it's really disappointing too because again, this is my Muppet nerdy nerd coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stetler and Waldorf, at least I don't know if their current puppets do this because I like they don't you know get to do as much anymore. But like mm-hmm. on the original Muppet Show, like when they get digs in at each other, both of the puppets had these fucking mechanisms in their heads. That you could like that would allow them to like scrunch their faces up. It it's it's kind of almost like a disturbing effect if you're not like used to it because like their faces almost like like scrunch inward and collapse on themselves a little bit. Um, so so they do the Stone Age thing and like or it, Waldorf does the Stone Age line and Statler gets a little like hmm, about it, but usually he like 
his like lower lip will like curl up above his upper lip and almost start like mm -hmm. consuming his nose. And I was like, yeah, I was like, he's, wow, way to not go for the yeah, classic. Stallard, yeah, Stallard doesn't really react that he's much. Like, yeah. I, yeah, his puppet usually like the like his fucking lower jaw just goes like Yeah. It's so good. Nothing um, there. But yeah, so pretty rough bit. Yeah. I appreciate seeing them. They're my boys, like I said, wearing a Statler and Waldorf shirt. Um, yeah. One of my absolute favorites. Uh, but, but guys, get some better material. Yeah. So we then cut to the backstage interview with Laurenitis, who's texting on his BlackBerry. Uh, 2011, folks, Not every, we don't have all have iPhones yet. Um, oh, so perfect. he's just texting on his phone, middle of the show, as you do. And CM Punk shows up and is like what the fuck well, what the you fuck? see yeah by the way he waits like an hour for the to do this question yeah no like like this happened at the beginning of the show and this is almost like what he's referring to happens at the beginning of the show and we're almost halfway through the show when he goes to lauren Ice's office about it look he 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 was i don't i don't, I don't know i, I don't so know so he shows up and is like hey what are you gonna do about that and Laurenitis is like, well, oh, well, I did see that. And so he puts down the stipulation that John, that CM Punk will have his match with Del Rio if Del Rio agrees to it. So now the, since, and which is obviously also horse shit, but, but CM Punk goes, okay, cool. Yeah. And, and, and Laurenitis is almost a little surprised. He's like, you're, you're not going to fight me on that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, no, Punk's just kind of like fair cop, kind of like Pat's yeah, lovers, which know, will which will pay off, which will pay off later. Yeah, because Austin and I were questioning, like, huh, that's that's a choice. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it the good good job they paid off later. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, it, it was I I and I I thought too like they were gonna do something sinister with like who Laurenitis was texting, but they, it was literally just stage business for him now, to do it. He so oversold it. No, they do that shit all the time. They, they do that shit all the time. They always they have the texting. Like they all, like they constantly, they love having authority figures just like on their phones doing something as uh, a, as an establishing shot. All as these young they're, people. They're, they're doing business. You know, it's Vincent adult man. He's doing a bit. He's doing <gasps> business. I'm doing a business. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's all. Thing. That's all WWE uh, um, uh, authority figures. They're, just, yeah, no, they're doing a business. It's so it's so funny. They're so they're so into they're so into texting. God, our mm -hmm. slash phones are bad. Am I right? Oh uh, yeah, you know I, I, I'm 14 and this is deep. Anyway. Yeah. No. Let's, but like seriously, I thought it was gonna like because they link because Punk leaves and they linger on Laurenitis on his phone. And I'm like. Oh shit! Is going to be revealed that he's like texting Del Rio or something? But no, no, it's just really, uh, it's just a really awkward end shot. Oh, cameraman. So then we get to uh, the Big Show versus Alberto Del Rio, which was uh, a pretty dope match, I have to say. Mm -hmm. I love Big Show and Del Rio's odious. I find him as a person nowadays. Um, it's not the worst wrestler, no. He's not the worst wrestler, and he, you know, he's he's fun to watch. And Big Show is a good match for him. I mean, Big Show is a great wrestler. He he is more the immovable mountain than John Henry is. Mark Henry uh, is. Ah, uh, oh, John Henry. Yeah, shit. Yeah, folklore. 
Um, you know, he's more the immovable mountain, but Del Rio also like kicks him around enough. Uh, they they do they they do this thing where Del Rio actually plays it kind of smart and is like continuing to try to get him into chokehold. Oh yeah, like, big like, like he tries to go over a sleeper by jump a sleeper hold jumping on on Big Show's back. That's a huge portion of the match. As I as I said, uh, Del Rio has been studying up on his Princess Bride technique. Um, mm-hmm. As you know, Big Show is canonically son of Andre. Uh, That's true. Maybe, maybe. because uh, as long it's never been confirmed that he is, it's never been officially retconned that he's not. <laughs> so we just stop talking about it. Don't don't think about it too hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but regardless, and and Big Show does a good job of selling that. Like he seems to be struggling, and he does a good job at like the slowly breaking down and commentary. Mm-hmm. God, commentary was in rare form of insufferable tonight this is lawler and and like told her most annoying. they did get a they did they did a good job of killing this match of pointing out like the strategy del rio was going for and how it was fucking with with uh big show and um kind of um the power dynamic that was that was going on between the two of them they did yeah. a good job calling that out and i i appreciated that 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 helped also the match for me a little bit too of like having the commentary voices like breaking it down like oh now watch this yeah, but it ends when Del Rio it has Big Show in the corner and he goes for a step-up kick. And in the middle of that, the Big Show just punts him in the face. Wait, is there, is this this match where like, oh, there was a part in this match that I love where Big Show gets a great reversal on Del Rio's chokehold. Like Del Rio looks like he's got him on the ropes. And oh Big yeah, and he's, like, like, he's able to Big, back Big Show's slam like, him. That's pretty Yeah, sweet. Big Show like rears up, roars, and back slams him. And it's such a great moment. And, yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's why I love big boys. Oh my god. Yeah. Awesome. But oh Big Show gets the big win mm. on the big super show. Uh-huh. And after that, CM Punk comes out and uh-huh. he grabs a mic and a bottle of water. And yeah. he sits he sits down. He sits down cross legged. In next to Del Rio while he's knocked out. And he's trying to wake him up. Yeah, oh my god. A little he's obnoxiously, so obnoxiously, you know, kind of thrown in Spanish words. Yeah, amigo. Uh, amigo, comprende. I will say, but, I will say kudos for kudos to him um for saying comprende instead of comprendo. Um mm-hmm. I will say, if he's saying comprende to refer to Del Rio, that means he's referring to him formally, and I don't know if he meant to do that on purpose. But like, Probably not. At least he wasn't saying, I understand, which is yeah. what a lot of people will do as someone who has studied El, uh, uh, El Español. Yes. So he throw, he dumps the water on Del Rio to wake him up, and he's kind of like, is like, I wake up because I need you to be awake mm-hmm. when I tell you this. When I ask you this question, he's the, and it's going to be a yes or no question. And I want you awake to know the question because yep. I'm going to put you in this thing called the Anaconda device. <laughs> and then I'm going to, I'm not letting go until you tell me yes. Yes. So are, and my question is, are you going, or he goes, says yes or C or whatever, which he does. Oh my God. Del Rio does end up saying C. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> with the answer. Uh, he's like, are you going to give me my match at Survivor Series? And then he just picks him up and he puts him in his submission move. And Del Rio immediate, almost immediately is like, see, see, yes, I'll do it. Yeah. 
He caves. And he caves a little too easily for my taste, but sure. Sure, he was just knocked out. Yeah, by, by the big show. That is fair. That is fair. And he then, doesn't, and, yeah. And then, uh, Punk tries to, uh, to inform the crowd. He goes, "He said yes." I was like, "Huh." And but the mic doesn't. The first mic goes out. Doesn't work. Has to get a new yeah. mic. And then he's like, he said yes, and everyone cheers. Yeah. Um, what what cracks me up about this too is like like in this instance, like we're actually getting pretty good punk tonight for like where punk was after summer of punk. We're actually getting a pretty good version of him with this. Um, I think I think punk turns it around once he starts getting more focused into the title picture again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like like that that month or so after SummerSlam is to be fair, a complete character derailment and it fucks everything up. Momentum completely lost. But once he gets refocused, once, once they're committed to getting him back to being the WWE champion, which uh, spoiler warning, he beats Del Rio at survivor series for the title. Uh, And once they get that ball rolling again, and he kind of gets to start playing off Lauren, John Laurinaitis, his, I think his stick. I think he comes back around. But yeah, I mean he's doing really... here playing like a very, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he fits the anti-hero mold very well. Like he's very mm-hmm. much the like the image of like the classic anti-hero. Um, he does a good job. I, this is this is like his unhinged. I do things my way. Um, but I'm a good guy now, um, mm-hmm. is shining through pretty well, I think, which is, which is nice to see. I like, I like punk having that power over people. Uh, and I like that he's able to apply it to being both good and bad. Yeah. So it, it is, I, it's not totally official. I'm sure they'll next week on the, on raw, they'll be officially be like, it's happening at survivor series. But it's, it's effectively like that's the match has been made. Is Del Rio, despite uh, saying so under duress, you know. Which, of course, Cole tries to protest. Because of course, Right, and then Lawler manages to make a not terrible point of like, that's not, that counting isn't any more unfair than. Than um, Del Rio. Than Del Rio screwing Punk over by blatantly causing a DQ earlier in the show. Yep. So, you know. Yep. No exactly. sympathy. Nope. None. For that. Oof. Then then backstage, uh, right before we get, you know, Fozzie and Gonzo hanging out, just walking through the halls, being excited to be here. <laughs> you might say they're they're walka walking through the <laughs> Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Gonzo starts talking to me like, oh yeah, I could totally be a dub, but I'm a WWE champion. Easy, I, easy. Oh my God. It's such a good angle to take with him. Yeah. And so then Vicky Dolph and Jack Swagger show up and Fa and Fozzie might have had the, had the, had the presence of mind to not continue this conversation. Gonzo doesn't though. Oh my God. Yeah. Gonzo just like, oh yeah, I was just talking about how easy it would be to become a champion. He's like, all right, Gonzo. Um, and Gonzo is Gonzo's just going. He's going for it, dude. Yeah, um, so they do the bit that I did not know was a regular bit. 
oh yeah swagger and ziggler pull his arms up and he's all stretchy arms yep um it, gonzo gonzo puppets oftentimes this great mechanic where like you can just pull on his arm and just like mm -hmm. ropes of arm come out yeah um and they like twist it around his uh twist it around his head um and in typical gonzo fashion he's like oh how'd they know i needed to stretch thanks guys yeah. um yeah. uh which is so good again like they, someone did their homework here because again that's a classic bit like that dates back to the og muppet show too um mm -hmm. and it's it's fun to see gonzo like uh getting to because because gonzo especially fits right he's the daredevil character and i almost wish we could see more of him like doing puppet stunts with the wrestlers um oh yeah that'd be fun you couldn't you couldn't pull it off well but i'd love to see like gonzo like be shot out of a cannon into the ring or something uh and then like do some fuckery where like he gets he overshoots and like you know they're able to get dave Golds's hand up for with a real gonzo puppet rather than a dummy they shoot um uh it'd be so obvious but it would be great um but regardless um uh yeah so another good bit uh cute to see gonzo and fozzy uh, and gonzo being his gonzo self and yeah. fitting right in the in the wrestlers oh oh it's so it makes me so happy so we get we get our next match uh, the santino jack swagger match very cute very fun we do get a cameo from animal as the guest timekeeper so they I let know. him just ring the bell yeah animal who loves to who loves to eat drum no 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 beat drum ah I was surprised they didn't do something where with it where like animal um like fucks up the timekeeping because he just loves to beat drums. He so just much. keeps hitting the drum. He just keeps hitting the bell. Yeah, he does keep going ding 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 at first. Nah, instead instead they decide to pay off the beaker joke from earlier. Yes, Bunsen was able to cook up another uh, another potion. Yeah, uh, and so the match doesn't get very far before this happens. So, but then beaker pops up from under the ring yeah and he hands santino the potion and then santino takes one swig of it and it's like and it's like oh it burns it's my disgusting. mouth just disgusting like said. and then yeah so christian actually had a good idea on that nice, yeah. nice setup to how it's this really goes funny later because i was literally sitting here like oh my god are they gonna like actually do some like cartoon shit in this match and have santino get like super speed um but they do something really clever where he swigs the potion, it burns, so he turns around and does a spit take. Uh, In Jack Swagger's And that face, knocks and that, Swagger back enough. Yeah. Um, to get him to roll him up and get the win. Yeah, oh my god. It was such a... Honestly, I love that. It's, again, so Muppets to do something where, like, you take what you think is going to happen and just flip it. Especially with, like, a Muppet Lab segment, there's always some, like, twist to how the... Uh, the the potion or the invention of the week ends up actually affecting you um mm -hmm. so again little details someone's doing their homework and it was a great i think a really brilliant moment for ending that match it was really unique and i kind of loved the physical comedy that was involved there yeah it was fun it was a fun little way to end the match oh my um, god kind of on the opposite spectrum of that we didn't get zach Ryder versus dolph ziggler which was just kind of confusing of an end it was it was a whatever for what it was but then we get yeah. to the end of our match where he hit was where zach's rider hits a move on ziggler and he pins ziggler but ziggler's foot is under the ropes yeah and so 
the he pins ref, him and the ref, the ref is like, the but then the match just keeps going. Mm-hmm. And then he beats up Ziggler some more and then hits him with another move and wins. And pins him. I know. Well, like, fucking, I, I, I don't, cause, because you think they would do that and have Ziggler, like, get a reversal on him. But yeah, that's, wins that's again. usually how that goes is usually if you, the guy who gets the, like, when they do that scenario where they have the pin a guy, but, oh, he was in the ropes, doesn't count. Like, that's I, always just an excuse for the other guy to win. You know, I asked you earlier about, like, this being called Super Show, because when we went to our house show, it was called Super Show. And I was that like, is, is this? Is that this is their house? that's their branding for yeah. when it's Raw and SmackDown, but no, it's this wasn't a house show. Yeah, no, but it's funny, because it almost reads like a house show. Like, like, you have the Muppets here, and on the Muppets episode, like, the good guys all get their wins, and, like, when they don't, there's still some, like, good guy victory element to it. And here, That's... good guy gets what would be a heel reversal win, but the good guy still gets it anyway. Yeah, you, you make a fair point. It's very... It does have... Well, I'm thinking back the results of these of this episode. This is very house showy, in that all the good guys just win. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Not a whole lot of consequences. And, and it's got to be because the Muppets are on. Like, you can't have, like, a big heel win. Yeah, uh, I guess that's prob that was probably their thought process with the Muppets here. But Ryder gets the win, whatever. Um, yeah, shit, sure. Yeah, then we get the highlight package of the brutal beatdown uh, by Kevin Nass that I talked about in the front half. I and look, I know, like I said when we were watching, I know you've seen this package a zillion times. I know you're annoyed by it at this point. It was a good package. I was legitimately impressed by, yeah. by like how cool it looked. David got to see what I mean because they show the Triple H promo too, where he talks about his friends and the click, and then they don't show Scott Hall. <laughs> they don't. They show like I thought I saw him in like a quick backstage snippet, but it, they they tried yeah probably probably like because like they probably just took a bit from something out from something with Nash or whatever. But something I noticed about Nash being here and about him showing up since Summer of Punk now that we're on our WCWR2 is, like, it just it just feels like they're doing, like, the best hits of, like, Kevin Nash as the outsider here. Yeah, I do see the, I do see the, the compare, the parallels. Which, like, why? Why is Kevin Nash acting like his W, or his NWO persona? I, to, like, attack triple h i mean it's not the most egregious runoff of this i've ever seen not to not to derail this into a conversation about the video games i don't mean but like because we see all the i saw the wwe 12 uh, you know advertisements in this in this episode because it's mm-hmm. about that time the release is they do have in the story mode of that game they run a bit where Kevin Nash is trying to bring back WCW and they literally have him just take the exact same outsiders in WO role, except it's really funny because in 2012 and 2011, they do not have the rights to a lot of the WCW hall of famers. Ha. So, so like Scott Hall, not there. Hulk Hogan, not in the game. Uh, Scott Steiner, not in the game. <laughs> Uh, Sting, not in the game. DDP, not in the game. Like, he invades the entirety of WWE with, like, Arn Anderson, Booker T, Vader, 
one half of the road warriors wow <laughs> like in storyline they have Rey mysterio cody rhodes and big show all turn heel and join wcw just so they got numbers mysterio turning heel to join wcw is a real decision oh yeah that's that's own point of like big show left wcw very unhappily and and Rey mysterio was frequently held back and under the glass ceiling of a cruiser of the cruiserweight division so it's yep. funny to me that like they would like turn their backs and join wcw as if they have such great memories of that place yeah i know to I, wwe and like why would you like big show's been heel before so like that I mean, but like mm -hmm. raise the eternal baby face for the most part aside from like when he masks off in wcw one point i think it turns heel but like that's yeah, it. Oh, man. He's like the but, eternal baby face. He and Ray is like the emotional core heel of this because they set up your character as being you you do this whole storyline as a player character who's a rookie who was mentored by Ray Mysterio. So like Ray turning heel is supposed to be like this big backstabbing moment, even. But it doesn't make sense. Okay, we're talking about a video game. We're talking about this video game storyline. The best part about it is the end. The ending has you do a seven-on-seven seven cage match, elimination cage match. It's pretty sick. That's dope. but but the story's kind of silly because they don't have any of the WCW mainstays except for Booker T and like the top top NWO era guys. You only have Booker T and 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 uh, Kevin Nash. And and in uh, but whatever we're getting off track here. Just to say. You know, Nash not being used great, not necessarily being used great right now. Yeah, no, I just, I don't get why we feel the need to just retread dub NWO shit with Nash here. Like, like, why is he terrorizing? Do we ever get explanations for any of this? I do not remember if they give a real explanation for why Nash is being like this. If, if I had to guess, if they say something, it'd be something to the idea of like, hunter sold out and gone soft he's gone corporate or whatever oh, fuck off. but it's not his motivations are iffy that's hilarious coming from you kevin nash like i know like i know i guess in kayfabe he's still big tough but like mm -hmm. but like he, the, the nwo by the end of their run from what i hear kind of lost their bite so it's not like i don't know dumb. yeah it's, it's 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 pretty bad it, it's, it's so i'm so conflicted because it does look like a really great moment like the whole like kevin nash attacking triple h i just wish it like meant something it had some sort of like emotional core to it aside from like oh look isn't this like a cool moment aesthetically in a vacuum yeah and like almost it's almost a good idea narratively if you want to look at the wider like emotional like stakes of it all being like the this is my best one of my best friends yeah he's betrayed me but like his motivations for betrayal are not great if they even openly verbalize it and oh yeah it's 2011 nobody wants to watch a kevin nash match oh yeah yeah I, yeah like they they screwed the pooch off the bat by bringing him into like end summer of punk for some right that reason. too is that everyone's already mad like that like that he's, here. Nobody, that he's here just because he fucked up the cm punk thing they could have so. done a similar angle and like had it work and just not made it like part of summer of punk or mm -hmm. like 
you know, maybe Nash wants to do hostile takeover of, of corporate. Like, I don't know, just something they, that's less yeah, stupid you, than that. Yeah, you could have done that way better. And even the- then, and even then, it would still feel like a retread of NWO shit. So, like, yeah, just, oh, Kevin, please leave. Please get out of here. I'm so sick of your shit. Yep. And then we get Michael Cole. So... He says JR is not here tonight, which is so, it's so weird. Like, it's kind of weird because he spends the whole show up to this point talking about how JR is going to be here yeah. for a stupid challenge. And then we get to the moment and he's like, hello, he's not here. And he just, he lives, he lists off a bunch of medical problems that JR has that are supposed to be embarrassing. Has, yeah. And he's like, well, we'll try again next week. And he pulls out a diaper, and he's like, "JR can wear this, so he can show up." It all and, ends. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that is terrible. And then we get a really lazy Statler and Waldorf bit, where they're like, "The word there is the only thing worse than listening to Michael Cole is nothing." Ha 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 ha. I mean, it was lazy, but they're not wrong, so I'll give them the point. Yeah. And then we get the bat, the last Muppets backstage bit that just opens with Miss Piggy rubbing John Morrison's abs. Oh my God. Miss Piggy plus John Morrison slash Johnny Mundo is a crossover I did not know I yeah. did. Yeah. And so poor, poor Johnny is trying to get out of this because he apparently doesn't want to fuck that pig. Yeah, shocker. He's not Kermit. He doesn't want to fuck the pig. Dude, even Kermit gets cold feet about that shit half the time. So he's he's but he tries to set him up. He's like, I got a friend who'd be into you. Because she asks him out and he's like, eh, nope. Yeah. And he brings in Hornswoggle, which ugh, whatever. I see the, again the fact that he shows up in Muppets Most Wanted and, and like he he's Piggy's weirded out at first, and then he shows, like, he has a tattoo of her. But in actuality, it's like a whole, like, ring of tattoos around his ankle of, like, Muppet characters. Yeah, it's not just her. It's also, yeah, it's Kermit Gonzo over there, too. I'm sure there are others that we don't see. So, like, clearly he's a Muppet fan. And, like, he, again, he shows up in Muppets Most Wanted, like, a substantial cameo. So, like, I don't mind, because he's clearly a Muppet fan who's, like, enjoying this. And, like, who am I to fault? somebody enjoying working with the Muppets. Like, that's their, that's the whole fun thing about them is how much people love working with them. Sure, sure. And so he, he like, forcibly kisses Piggy on the cheek and that freaks her out and she leaves. And then... Am I crazy? I thought she karate chopped him. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's what she did. She does... Yeah, she's like, yeah! Another another signature. That is is her signature move. Yeah. And then Kermit shows up. Kermit comes back and he's like, hey, all right? And... Hornswoggle, by the way, if you don't know this, Hornswoggle as a character can't talk because it's like he can't say words. He said words here. Well, he he just like make noises. He's not really he doesn't really speak functioning English. Wait, what? I thought I heard him going like like I have a thingy here. Come here, look at this. I mean, he might have said phrases, but like the idea is supposed to be he doesn't really talk. talk. Oh, ew. It's it's all part of this very weird thing they do with Hornswoggle, and let's be honest, all the all WWE of the things like they all... do with Hornswoggle is weird. Well, 
like the thing, like the thing, the, like it, it's part of the fact that, like in WWE at least, there's a real issue of like infantilizing uh, little people when yeah. they use them on television, and Hornswoggle absolutely falls into that too. Yeah, uh, when he when they're not portraying him as a super horny leprechaun, they're portraying him as a like a child. It kind of goes uh, back and forth. So, so that is what they're doing here. And he just kind of runs off in excitement because he got to kiss Miss Piggy and you get Kermit looking at the camera and going like, and they say our show is weird. <laughs> and then the, then they throw in a, a, a Kermit, yeesh. Yeesh. And then Cody Rhodes shows up with the paper bag. Just For no reason, head. ostensibly, but it's a great fit. Mm-hmm. He pops the paper bag on Kermit's head. It's really cute. There are like two holes cut out for his eyes. Yeah. Um, and Cody kind of misses, but you can still like see well enough. It's 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 a cute fit. I thought it was funny. Oh yeah, no, that's when Kermit does the yeesh. He's like yeesh. Mm-hmm. It, and so we have reached Very our cute. main event of of John Cena versus the Miz. the Miz. And before before we get there, we might we get I I would bet our wager the best Statler and Waldorf bit of the night when they're on their way there when they're on their way to the ring. You get uh stat you get Statler doing the hey John C is next, you can't see yeah. me. And Waldorf and Waldorf's like, eh, I can't see, I can't see anything. Yeah. And Statler goes, Well, you're all the Miz is up you're, next too, so you're not missing you're much. You're not missing much. <laughs> that, that, that that is that is like a that is like a classic that, that's a more classic Statler and Waldorf sort of thing of them like uh not is they're not trying puns or anything, it's just it's just them like like um on the Muppet Show like album that I have, mm-hmm. they have like the Muppets opening closing themes, and at the end of every Muppet Show, they do an instrument like an instrumental outro version of the Muppet Show theme, and they do like da and and they cut to Statler and Waldorf getting one final dig in, and literally on the CD, the the bit that they have is like, "Eh, Statler, eh, what is that? It? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it?" Well, I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. Um, which, which, like, so that felt like uh, again. Don't know if that was an intentional like callback, but that felt pretty reminiscent of their usual shit. So I, I, there, it was a steady increase for Statler and Waldorf throughout the night. I, I, yeah, yeah. I that that last one, that last one, I, I got a good chuckle out of. Yep. So we get Cena and The Miz as a, a WrestleMania rematch. It's pretty run of the mill. Yeah. And uh, it ends when you get uh, R Truth in a very not convincing sc- scream getup. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, they, they got like a cheap, like, flat ghost face mask instead of like the, the usual, like, thing. Yeah, and and then like you also see our truth arm pop out. Yeah, in the middle of and being bit, like, so, you know, like the oh, only yeah. like black person on the on the main roster at this point really doesn't. Or, like, or very the, obviously, well, the well one not the only, but like the, it's very obvious who this is. Yeah, <laughs> with, with context so, clues. Right, and so he attacks John Cena, but it doesn't affect Cena at all. He still wins. He makes Miz tap out to the STF. Yeah, and then. Our truth runs into the ring to try to attack uh, John Cena some more, and then Cena's like, "LOL, nope, just yeah. gonna hit through the attitude adjustment and win." And then attitude he pulls the mask off. Pulls the mask off. Uh, well, uh, 
uh, I think I know who's under this mask. Uh, but but the, there's a cute moment. He puts the mask on himself. Uh, yeah. Camera, like happy Halloween, bitches. Okay, it's cute. Whatever. Yeah, um, I do. I do appreciate that he just did not let Miz finish his finisher. Like, oh Miz yeah, he... this weird like fucking bird stalk thing, and seemed to just like nope. The setup to the skull crushing finale. I don't get why is he a bird? I don't understand. You're That's the a... Miz fan here. Some questions are si- sim- some answers are simply unknowable, David. <sighs> why is the Miz a bird? Is definite is one of those questions. It just simply why has no answer. Is the Miz a bird? That's got to go on a T-shirt. <laughs> All right, so yeah, they, we, the fan we're sending the crowd home happy. Cena gets the dub, mm-hmm. and thus ends the episode. You know, o- overall it was fine. It was fine. The, the Muppets were the best part. The Muppets were the best. Were gr- Muppets were great to have. Good to have them here. Thought thought they were very fun, even as someone who doesn't know any of the bits. I mean, that's what you have me here for. The, again, I get to Uno reverse card. I get to be the guide on this one, baby. It's true. I, I, look at me, look at me. I am the knockout now. <laughs> um, uh, what the, the one thing with Muppets that I really, really wish they could have capitalized on, because, like, my one gripe with this is that in some ways the Muppets were underutilized. Like, like they would, they never would, because it's ultimately, like, a, it's, a, it's a Raw super show, so it's WWE show at the end of the day. But I wish they would have integrated Muppets more, like, throughout the whole thing and, like, had some sort of substantial storyline going with them, not just like a random collection of skits. Um, yeah, they, it would have it would have been fun to have like a narrative there. Um, yeah, it, fe- it felt like they were like the best we can do is just do these skits. Yeah, I know. Again, they were cute, but like the 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 thing I really feel like is missed out on that the Muppets are so like good for doing, kind of like known for doing, is like. They are so good at giving their like celebrity cohorts chances to do things that they wouldn't normally do. Like that's kind of like when the Muppet Show first started up. Um, you know, season one, for as much as Jim's star was like rising at that point, like a lot of people knew who the hell he was. Um, the Muppet Show like still kind of had a tenuous grasp on its own existence, like early on. Like it was funded through kind of a more indie source and was fucking filmed in in like the uk and you know ultimately it didn't have like the level of club that the muppets do today so like the first season of guest stars were all like favors that jim's like producer called in um and they made their mission to be like okay in order to make sure that like we can do future seasons and have future guest stars on we need to make sure that every guest star has as good an experience working on the show as humanly possible and so they were very nice to them, very accommodating. And one of the things they would do would be ask every guest star, hey, do you have any, like, things that you don't get to do in your normal career that you'd like to, like, try out? Um, and sometimes they'd say yes, and you get some cool shit. You had, like, an opera singer. I fucking can't remember her name. Um, but you had, a, you had a pretty well-known opera singer on the show at one point who, like, tap danced. Um they had Gilda Radner on an episode and she sang operetta. She sang like a Pirates of the uh, Pirates of Penzance tribute. Um, like that was a whole thing. Like th- that was one of their trademarks. And they still kind of do that. Like they they allow like like fucking Muppets Most Wanted. They let like Ricky Gervais and Tina Fey and Ty Burrell sing. Um, just shit like that. 
So I wish, I wish they could have done something where they could have leaned into that. Give somebody a chance to like sing or dance or do something with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand why they couldn't. They still have to forward their narrative. And the Muppets are ultimately there on like a promotional tour. And like they were lucky to get the spot in general, probably. But like, come on. Just give me something in that department. I would have loved that. Yeah, I guess in that sense, a little, little under, little undercooked here. I just just give them one song and get let like Cena sing along or something. That's all I ask. I don't know. Well, I'd certainly say either way, it's still in the top tier of raw guest hosts. Oh, absolutely. That was so charming. And like everybody seemed happy to be there. Muppets seemed happy to be there. The all the all the superstars seemed happy to have the Muppets there. Everyone just seemed like they're having a great time. It was it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. So whimsical. And uh I must say. Thank you, my friend, for this wonderful spooky season present. Yep. It was it was hugely appreciated. And for, for this night, you made me a very, very happy boy. Yep. Just want to do this because we are in it's all spook, spooky, spook season. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. So, for next time. Uh, time to return to old NXT oh, as shit. we as we continue our journey through the four horsewomen era as we move on to NXT Takeover Unstoppable. Is that just the one thing next week? I mean, we're gonna do like three months of TV of it, oh. but in the build any up, chance, to it, but that is any, where we're building. Any chance one of those months is spooky month? No, this is Damn this it. was February to May, I'm afraid. Damn it. Uh well. we, we're back to regularly scheduled programming here. Oh, uh, okay. I got my one. I got my one. It was Muppets. I can't complain. It was really good and it made me very happy. I can't complain. Yep. So uh that is for next time. Uh David, you can go ahead and do the plugs. Yes, sir. My friends, my dear, dear friends, I'm going to do it one more time. You're probably all going to be groaning, but you can't stop me. Thank you for joining us on this uh uh inspirational god if I you can remember again. it you can do it it's, again there's so many words <laughs> on, on this most sensational inspirational celebrational muppetational episode episode of the noobs and knockouts podcast we are so happy to have you here uh if you are a returning listener viewer what have you thank you so much for uh once again welcoming us back into your eardrums your eyeballs whatever uh, we hope you continue to join us week after week, and we hope you've been having a good time with us for all the time you've been following us and all the time you continue to follow us. If you are a brand new listener, viewer, what have you, welcome. We are delighted to have you here. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you be a veteran of the wrestling fandom or someone who's just discovering it for the first time, we welcome you in with open arms and hope you're having a great time. If you have had a great time and you would like to continue to have a great time with us and, you would, and you're not entirely sure how to do so, not to worry, my friends. I have you covered. First of all, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. We are on YouTube, the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Hit subscribe. Ring that bell. Make sure it turns a nice little salad color so that you get updates every time we drop a new episode. Uh, Like, comment, share, add us to your playlist. Check out our playlist. Austin is kind enough to organize every single storyline we follow uh, into its own little separate fun little playlist so you can check out any specific era, any specific theme uh, that, that particularly tickles your fancy. 
uh, all kind of in a row. It's super awesome. Check those out. Add those to your playlist lists. Just have a good time with us over on YouTube and enjoy watching our uh, sexy faces as we talk in the more recent episode. Uh, uh, of course, on top of that, you can find us, all you audio-only uh, delightful humans out there, you can find us on three of the best places to get your audio-only podcast, which are Spotify, Apple, and Google. Check us all out on there. Give us, give us downloads and ratings and whatever the hell else have you that's like hey we like this content engagement algorithm good good uh tribute to the algorithm god oh more algorithm for the algorithm god all hail uh, <laughs> um but yeah so be sure to check us all out in there uh and just you know Get down with the get down with the show. We, we just we just like it when people listen to us. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Uh listen to us ramble on for two hours about the, about the Muppets and other weird shit. Um uh, uh, uh be sure to check us all out on there. Uh unfortunately we do not have storyline playlists on those, but either way you can scroll pretty easily. It's just you know slightly more inconvenient. So I apologize for that. Uh uh you can also find us on social media. We have kind of three main venues of social media. First of all, our bread and butter, you can find us on the Twitter. Uh, at noobs and at knox pod that's noobs the letter n knox pod i'm pointing to it right now in the youtube link um don't worry there'll be no j there'll be no drunk tweeting like old no jr on this on photoshops this of jr we're, 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 strictly, we're strictly anti-mean jr content on our twitter thank you very much um uh that's the main way we kind of communicate we tweet every single time we drop a new episode uh, we like to engage with the broader wrestling fandom on a hold, drop some spicy memes, reply to people, engage with discourse. And, of course, the bread and butter of our Twitter uh, Twitter page is Austin live-tweeting his weekly wrestling-watching experience. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Yep. Uh, so, as always, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT is uh, AEW Dynamite, except for the next couple of weeks, it's getting preempted for good old-fashioned baseball. Ugh. So. Next couple of weeks, Dino Might will be on Saturday. Legitimate sports. So Saturday, October 16th, at the same time I just listed, which, to be honest, don't know if I'll even be watching because that's college football time, baby. <laughs> True. But if I am watching, but normally a live tweeting every Wednesday night. Anyway, also we, we, we cover... Uh, the WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views. Uh, not Admittedly, not the next WWE pay-per-view because the next one coming up on October 21st is Crown Jewel. Mm. It is part of WWE's biannual trips to Saudi Arabia as uh, paid yes. for by the Saudi, Saudi royal Arabia family. And if uh. you don't get why that's a problem from the words i just said this isn't the podcast to explain <laughs> it to true true go listen to cultic cult, cultaholic where they keep things nice and apolitical yes but point being i'm not, not watching it i don't care what they say i don't uh, care okay. what episode matches they have on there boy, meanwhile god. boy god Meanwhile, Impact Wrestling's next pay-per-view will be October 23rd. It's going to be main evented by Christian. He was on this show. That's why oh, I said hey, bring him dude. up. He's, the, he's a babyface now, and he's oh. the Impact World Champion. Oh. But that is that and much more will be, of course, on uh, Bound for Glory. It's one, of the, it's one of Impact's biggest shows every year. Definitely worth looking into. And, of course, 
Uh, we have AEW's next pay-per-view, November 13th. Full gear. It's named after a bit that Hangman did. <coughs> Appropriate. And guess what? Hangman's back! I would Hangman, Adam Page is back, and I would personally bet the apartment that I currently live in that he's going to win the title on November 13th. Hmm, what a so, shot. So if you want to see Hangman Adam Page beat Kenny Omega for the Impact, the AEW world title, please tune into Full Gear. Oh, even, even if we conclude, I might, God, I might even splurge on my first ever pay-per-view for that. Because even if you even if the conclusion is foregone, it's going to be such a fucking good match. It's going to be a moment, I tell you. Anyway, that so that so far that is what we have coming up in the near future. Yeah, be sure to check all of that. Uh, Austin's live tweeting is awesome, and hey, I can speak from experience when I say he's pretty good company to have uh, when you're watching wrestling. Mm -hmm. uh, so even if it's just virtual, just over the live tweets that Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole know so much about. Uh, yes, they're, uh, they're, they they know what's up with the Twitter. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? Um, it, I, 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 I got to cut him some slack. It was 2011. I know. I know. But it's still so funny. Mm -hmm. um, but be sure to check all that out. It's a good time. Uh, and I think you'll have a good time following these shows along with Austin. I know I do. Um, mm -hmm. uh, be sure to check all that out on our Twitter. Give us that good old follow. And uh, just, just, uh, just, you know. Just, just, just follow along with us. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you can also email us. We also have an email address. Uh, you can find us on Gmail uh, at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Uh, say, come, come say hi to us. Come tell us how much you like the show, how much you enjoy listening to our sweet, sweet, buttery, dulcet tones every single week. Um, and just what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, what you'd like to see us maybe cover on the show. Just whatever. Start some discourse with us. Say hi. Yell at us for our very spicy takes on certain things that we're waiting to get some pushback on. Let me get canceled, damn it. Um, it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a rite of passage. Um uh so if, just 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 come say hi. We love it when people when people say hi to us, and we'd love to say say hi back to you. So come email us at noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. We'd love to see you there. And finally, you can also find us on Patreon. We are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on Patreon. $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. See y'all next time. Hasta luego. <laughs>